0: go everybody welcome to or welcome back to tbn it stands for tuesday bro news day this is like the fifth version of the stream that has ever existed we've done a lot of stuff but what we do nowadays is uh we sort of unpack some news give some hot takes on some news as it relates to what we do yeah the world of vaping tobacco tobacco control tobacco harm reduction cigarettes smoking science policy legislation, Stanton glance. I amongst, I know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't, yeah, it's okay. Amongst other things, I am your uh, freedom, love, and libertarian host, uh, Grim Green, now joined by my far-left fact-checker, socialist, probably, Danielle Jones, president of CASA. Welcome, Danielle here, here. Jones. How are you doing Socialism today? for all, bitches. Socialism for everybody. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Socialism I'm for the people that left. want it. I don't know. Um, if
1: you want it have it if you don't have a nice day i don't know what to tell you yeah
0: have a nice day and then we're joined by uh yeah ceo of uh casal that's alex clark over there hi alex not
1: alex jones no not alex jones i know
0: it takes all of my like mental awareness to get the name clark out of my mouth it just (laughs) it wants to come out alex jones and i it just every single time we have alex clark here today um because today apart from some newsy bits and the such as, and and doing a little bit of a recap on uh, World Vape Day. I got some cool threads from World Vape Day that I wanted to share. We do want to spend the majority of the time today. Whoops, whoops, that can't be up there yet. That can't be up there yet. Does all tobacco kill? That's the question that we're going to be answering today. Depending on who you talk to, You might get some slightly varying or uh, differing answers, but we're going to try as we do on this show. You know, we believe in science. We, We follow, we follow science, cold, hard data. That's what we follow. So what does the science say about it? Well, science told me that I was wrong for, uh, literally 44 years of my life about the harms of smokeless tobacco. But, uh, we're going to get there. Thank you guys uh, so much for being here in the chat. Ryan, JB, Ian, I see you there. Pam, welcome. Uh, Janine, uh, What possibly one of my favorite people on the internet now. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Appreciate it. Breeze Tones, don't worry. I'll be talking about you a little bit later as well, Mr. Breeze Tones. But uh, I guess before we jump into anything real, you know, investigative journalism, we should do a couple newsy, newsy things and the such as. Feels right. Yeah. Just that yeah. groovy so
1: beat. So weird porno <laughs> news music. Yep. Yeah.
0: I love it. I it's the perfect it's perfect for this show. It's perfect for this stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I guess I want to mention and I'm doing and not just because two people from Kasar are here, testimonials. Alex Clark, tell us about the importance of testimonials, please.
2: Well, your stories matter. They have power. People need to hear them. And uh, as I was uh, reminded in watching uh, another podcast on another channel, um, uh, the, the consumer voice is underrepresented in these discussions about access to reduced risk products and, yes. and oftentimes completely overlooked or disregarded. Uh, and we've seen, of course, uh, consistent attempts to paint consumers as essentially just shills for tobacco companies or sure. otherwise not really in control of their own stories.
0: Yeah. So
2: t- yeah, it's vitally th- important that we, we keep getting our stories up and out there uh, so that lawmakers can pay attention to them.
0: I agree. I very much agree. I think it's one of the most important things we can do. I tell people, wherever you can do a testimonial, do a testimonial. You know, there's it's not just Casaw that does it. Lots of orgs do it. And if you ever run across, literally any vape org, that wants a testimonial, do it. Definitely submit it because that's what's going to you know, I think that's what's going to change minds and you know, change minds rather. And I always bring up Julie Casimiro over there in Rhode Island. Danielle and I talked about her weeks ago. She changed her mind basically from testimonials. She went to a yeah. vape shop and saw adults coming in and purchasing vape gear and talking to them. Her, those those customer Stories are what kind of changed her mind. And you're right that we do get painted as like a helpless. We're just victims of addiction, victims of big tobacco, victims of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, marketing and targeted messaging. And we're just helpless. And we have no, that's not, that's not the case. That's not reality. And so we need to get our stories out there to, you know, reflect more of a, the reality of harm reduction, the reality of uh of quitting smoking. So testimonials. Thobai, have you done your testimonial? Mowgli? Jason? I see I've seen you guys here week after week. I just making sure you guys are doing your testimonials, you know, for CASA. Real mm-hmm. critical stuff. Real critical stuff. So, of course, testimonials for CASA. And like I said, literally anywhere you can do a testimonial, do it. Just fill it out, make your story heard. I just sound like a broken record because that's what's going to change people's minds, say it week after week. Uh, I thought we would do some retro vape news from 2000. <laughs> this is this is vape news from 2014. And I just wanted to talk a little bit, you know, because we got Danielle and Alex here. We can maybe talk a little bit about the MSA, little master settlement agreement that happened. When did you, Danielle, when did you first do that? That one video? How long ago was that? Was that... 2000 wait i can tell you 15 that, that was my guess i feel like it's got to be think, 2015
1: let's look let's look it was okay it says six years ago will youtube give me a date 15 2000, april 13th wow. 2015 you wow. guys Wow.
0: that's crazy so we just passed the six-year anniversary of the truth about vaping which really covered uh the msa and that was my first like Exposure to the MSA and what it was, but even back in 2014, which is when this article came out in Reuters, they were speculating. Analysts were speculating back then that electronic cigarettes were going to deplay, you know, displace cigarette sales, and it's going to affect, you know, these Master Settlement uh, payments and paybacks. Now, will you fact check me on something? Mm-hmm. Do Master Settlement Payments owed Mm -hmm. have to be paid with master settlement money. So a state can't use tobacco taxes or taxes from gasoline to pay back MSA bonds. I think the way Uh, that the MSA was written, I think that's how it has to be done. But I wasn't sure.
1: So you're kind of talking about two different things, right? So sure. master settlement agreement, right, means that tobacco companies pay states a certain amount based on sales, right? right. So it's like right. profit sharing, basically. Right. So what a lot of states did, for anybody that hasn't watched the video, right. is that they, you know, you ever see those uh, J.G. Wentworth commercials, you know, mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. a structured settlement, but you need cash now.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, a
1: lot of states don't want to wait for this payment that they get every year. They want like a giant amount up front. So what they did is they, you know, basically did bonds, essentially kind of in a way took out loans Mm -hmm. for the amount that was calculated they would be getting. Right. So that's guaranteed money that's coming. But over the years and somebody else would give them like a bank or whatever, would give them a lump sum for it so that they could spend it now. Now, to my knowledge, they can pay that loan let's call it back any way that they want to they can use whatever funds they want okay. but they do have to pay it back the problem comes when the tobacco money is lower than what they calculated it ought to be so it's not going to cover you know the payments that they have to repay on these loans i'm mm-hmm. using very simplified language right now sure um and so there are states and i talked about this in my first video that had to announce that they were had to pull you know, money from reserve funds or their general budgets in order to cover those payments that they owed because the tobacco money wasn't covering it the way Mm -hmm. that they thought it would because they projected what they would get based on cigarette sales at that time. But cigarette sales started miraculously, you know, lowering beyond projections, right? This was unexpected. And so, yeah, they can pay that back however they want to. Okay. But- it creates drama if they have to use, you know, funds that were supposed to be for, I don't know, education or roads or, right. you know, whatever it is.
0: And lots of states, even <laughs> even in 2014, where tobacco bonds were already being forecasted. So this, this main analyst said that these tobacco bonds are going to default within the next 10 years, by the end of the decade. That's, that's like right now. Is that not like right now? I mean if he's talking about this decade in 2014, he's talking about 2010 to 2020. That's the decade. I haven't heard I I don't know, maybe I haven't been actively looking for states defaulting on their, you know, tobacco bonds, but I feel like this is a this is a thing that's going to be happening much more quickie.
1: quickie. I think Alex, you might know better than me, but that. in terms of following up on that, I think a lot of them have like basically kicked the can down the road by either like restructuring it or taking out more money in order to cover it. And so they kind of, you know how people go broke and so they just keep taking out more loans borrowing, to pay
3: borrowing, out borrowing. right.
1: Yeah. i I was under the impression that that's how a lot of them are, handling this essentially alex if you know more please chime in but i'd heard some reports of that
2: no I, I don't have any more details but that sounds the most plausible also states are you know of course raising taxes on mm-hmm. cigarettes and other tobacco products and new taxes on vapor products a lot of the push to tax vapor is I, not not transparently but to, to those of us who've been following this issue clearly an effort to recoup some of that money that they're losing from declining cigarette sales. And uh, it's possible that COVID-19 gave them just a little bit of a break with mm. smoking, going leveling off or going back up. in some places. Right.
1: And the wonderful Jim McDonald is in chat. Hi, Jim. I Hi, Jim. Jim love McDonald's. you.
3: Hi, Jim
2: uh, he, Jim.
1: he jumped in and said, yeah, they just keep refinancing the loans, which is yeah. what I thought that I had read. So they're just kicking the can down the road. Um, yeah, I and don't, it's not going not
0: get any, it's not going to get any better if you keep, if that's the way that this is going to happen. It's right. I mean, I'm not uh, an economist by any, I barely graduated high school, you guys. So I'm not an <laughs> economist, but I do know that you can't just owe money and then keep borrowing money to pay back the money you owe. That doesn't make any sense. And these people are supposed to be smarter than all of us.
2: Well, that's, I mean, that's uh, the more I, I, I just recently kind of got into investing and and that is kind of one of the things, I mean, it's not, it's not free money. You're, you're borrowing it, you're paying interest on it and there are fees associated with all of this. So instead of defaulting on the loan or the bond or whatever it is, it does make better sense to just kind of roll out what, you know, when you're going to be able to pay it back so it's it it's I, i'm sure and also not an economist also just barely graduated sure, high school sure. um, but it, you know i i assume somebody with some financial background could explain that in in more understandable detail but it, it seems kind of normal
0: yeah okay
1: well and for the big you know
0: establishments yeah. like the government and stuff
1: they do kind of yeah. tend to to do that
0: to just dabble in just million dollar debt like $800 or you know, trillion, trillion or billion. Dollar debt. Or, just, yeah. That's perfectly normal. This is, is there,
3: fine. there a
2: limit?
0: This is nah. fine. And it just, yeah. it, you know, it's one of those things like, this is why I'm a libertarian. Because I, when I was 27, got myself completely out of debt. I paid off all my debt. I paid off my car. I paid off every outstanding credit card I had. I was at zero debt. And I have lived that way until I bought a house. I can manage my money better than the federal government can. Definitely. I would say
1: probably a lot of Americans can manage their money. Def- yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Um, and so what I thought was great in this Reuters article was these quotes that have aged really poorly, really poorly. Dick Larkin, who was the senior vice president and director of credit analysis, uh, he said, e-cigarettes are not a replacement. They're just another tool for people to quit, but they're not a substitute. For me, it's a fad. He is a smoker himself. He said e-cigarettes are a threat to the MSA, but I don't think they're a material threat to the MSA. I feel like they were a pretty material threat to the MSA considering states like New Jersey and New Mexico had to go into their reserve funds like the next year to, to pay back the, the, what they owed on these bonds. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a pretty material threat, Richard Larkin. I mean, didn't age well. Bonnie Herzog from uh, Wells Fargo predicted it. She called it. She said these e-cigs are definitely replacing smoking. That's mm-hmm. the trend that's happening. This is what we see happening. Here's what's going to happen. She was the only one that got it. And all the other states went, no, that's fine. We won't default. And then you get, then you get starting to be New Jersey. And you're, you're paying back money that you owe already. With money that you now owe on again with its own interest and it's bananas. Oh, yeah. it's it is bananas. Bananas. So yeah, MSA, fun stuff. Fun stuff. I'm also going to link in the description to an article from Pro Republica um, that is a financial sort of a uh, you know website, and they go very much more into this whole how this works and who owes what things and how many bonds you can cash at what certain time and how New Jersey cash bonds. But then in order to pay back these, they had to cash more bonds, but they still need to pay back these. It's this ridiculous mm-hmm. thing. And you know, the, the financial people of these States are so like seemingly lackadaisical about it. Like there, this one guy from New Jersey, hang on, I'm trying to find this. It's a really long article. And there's this one part, this guy from New Jersey who's just like, oh, yeah, we just blew through that money in, like, two years. We just burned (laughs) through it all. Uh, It Mm -hmm. says, by using the tobacco bond money to build schools, Ohio didn't have to sell general obligation bonds, which are repaid with taxes, to cover the construction costs. Okay, But not all states use the tobacco debt for such long-term investments. New Jersey stands as a prime example. The state first issued a tobacco bond in 2002 and 2003 – spackling holes in the state budget with the 3.5 billion dollars they raised David Rousseau who was the deputy treasurer at the time says we basically burned through it all in two years he says it was not one of New Jersey's better financial moves and I'm thinking how can you be so like laissez-faire about this when it's going to come down like it's going to hurt your state it's going to hurt your taxpayers like this is not like a Oops. I feel like I know how they can Oops. be so blasé about it. It's because
1: in government we have administrations, right? Like you only have to worry about this while you're in charge of it, right? Exactly. And once you're out of office or your <laughs> yeah. administration who appointed you is out of office, it's somebody else's problem. Like you're—they're yep. all short-term thinkers, right? That's because a
0: problem it's- for future politicians
1: exactly I like i just to need to do a good job this. right now <laughs> yeah not
0: not you know no no You no know, no regard for the people that have lived in new jersey their entire lives you know and had have been paying taxes now they're going to be screwed for something that took place like before they you know maybe before they were even around or something like this like this is decades old stuff it's crazy it's crazy to me mm-hmm. it's crazy to me and it's just say like yeah we basically just Burned through $3.5 billion in two years. Yeah, it was a weird thing. We just did it. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) whoa, (laughs) that's crazy to me. Yeah, $3.5 billion, no big deal. No big deal. So I'm going to post a link down in the description to that Reuters article as well as to the uh, Pro-Republica article. It's real, real long, but it goes into much, much more depth. And if I could find the quote, I'm still going to try to find it because they were talking about Paying back the bonds using MSA money. And that's how it had to be done because that's how it was built into the into the agreement.
1: So some of the states may have put that into their Mm. own. You know what I mean? Like the legislature may have said, you know, to basically try to prevent, you know, future administrations or whatever from screwing this up. They may have wrote into their they may have regulated themselves and said, no, the state of. I don't know, blah, blah, can only pay these back using this. We can't pull from our general fund because that will, you know, they may have done that themselves, but it's not related to that self-regulation basically that they would have done. It wasn't related to the actual MSA payments themselves.
0: So it gets, you're telling me it gets even more confusing than I thought it did. Oh yes, That's what you're telling me right now. Yep. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Great. Good. I'm glad so many people's like literal lives and livelihoods are part of this. Like, whoops, we spent $3.5 billion in two years. I'm sorry, you guys. was weird. No big deal. Uh, Okay. One more last thing in the newsy bits here in news that surprises nobody. The world health organization has reasserted its anti-vaping stance ahead of world. No tobacco day. This was written by the prolific Alex Norcia for filter magazine and the thing is, Alex is such a good writer mm-hmm. that if you start reading this article, you'll just finish it. I got to the bottom yeah. of this article, and I went, that's all. There's no more? Oh, Why don't you write more? <laughs> Alex Norcia, Alex Clark, Alex Jones, Alex Norcia. This is getting There's confusing. so many Alexes. It's two, we're all over the place, man. It, there are dozens of us. Um, <laughs> it, it says in this article... Uh, as part of the campaign to mark World No Tobacco Day on May 31st, the World Health Organization has reasserted its abstinence-only approach to nicotine. In a press release titled, Quit Tobacco, Be a Winner, the World Health Organization said that the tobacco industry has promoted e-cigarettes as cessation aids under the guise of contributing to global tobacco control while employing strategic marketing <laughs> tactics to hook children in its same portfolio of products, making them available in over 15,000 Attractive flavors. The agency also insisted that the scientific evidence on e-cigarettes as cessation aids was inconclusive and that switching from conventional tobacco products to e-cigarettes is not quitting. All of those just made me red with rage, like instantly, completely instantly. And what's, what's so funny to me, I was just talking to Casey about this. The more, I mean, this is like, you know, obvious, right? The more science that comes out and the more people start talking about the benefits of vaping and cessation and harm reduction and things like this, the harder World Health Organization just doubles down on what they've already said. Oh, yeah. There's so much more evidence. Oh, even just over the last two years. I mean, not even including like the Cochrane Library Mm -hmm. about e-cigarettes for smoking cessation and World Health Organization still just goes, nope. Still no. Still no. There's still no evidence. At this point,
2: it's it's like all of them, the World Health Organization included, are all just sort of grasping at straws. They will pick the next hysterical, sensational sounding issue that we may or may not have with nicotine, vaping, whatever it is, and splash it across all the headlines. And that's the new... Uh, problem. we we knew we knew that there was something wrong with these things. And yeah. Even though they don't actually have very good evidence to back it up. Of course, we're talking about the whole brain damage thing and all of that. Nicotine really is coming into focus now,
3: yes. both on
2: the you know the sort of positive side of regulation and 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 helping people out, and also as you know an, another thing that they're
0: going to demonize. So. But see, but that's yeah. what it's all going to come down to, isn't it? Nicotine. Yeah, that's that's the that's the smoking gun. That's the the magic key. And we've studied nicotine for a really long time. Have we not? I mean, hasn't NIH been been doing nicotine research for years and years and years and years? Like we know a lot about nicotine. I feel like you're not going to be able to. They might be able to. I feel like you're not going to be able to twist or distort the reality around nicotine that much. They're going to have a hard time. I'm going to try real hard to see.
1: Yeah. I'm interested to see how this is going to play out because on the one hand, we do have a decent amount of science on nicotine use mm-hmm. in regards to um, nicotine replacement therapy, right? Gums, patches. Yeah. It's also has been studied um, for like neuroprotective and like, you know, neurological effects. Essentially, Alex and I were actually just looking at some research this morning um, talking I about I that.
0: Saw that same research.
1: Yeah. yeah, But it's it's interesting because, you know, when I when I did my uh, speaking of the truth about vaping episode two that I did was about nicotine. But there's also an element to nicotine where, you know, let's say pre or even post NRT coming onto the market there. Nicotine was largely studied in the context of smoking. There wasn't a lot of isolation outside of smoking a mm-hmm. cigarette. And so there is sort of this weird balance between you've got like. Everything related to smoking. And then you've got like the stuff related to NRT and the stuff related to, because they're usually using NRT in Mm -hmm. these, um, you know, like dementia and Alzheimer's and ulcerative colitis studies. They're using Mm -hmm. uh, transdermal patches usually. Mm -hmm. So you've got like that kind of science. But in the minds of a lot of these people, those are like divorced from each other in a lot of ways. You right. know what I mean? It's like this is this science and this is this science, and they don't have anything to do with each other. And when we talk about tobacco, we don't look at NRT, and when we talk about NRT, we don't talk about vaping. Or it's right. it's very bizarre. The mental gymnastics yes. I feel like is really intense when it yeah. comes to nicotine. Yeah. And I have a I feel like they're gonna have. The the government themselves, in a lot of ways, has been fighting misinformation about nicotine because they want to promote NRT in a lot of ways. So I've got, like, you know, worksheets from years ago that's like NIH or CDC trying to dispel myths about nicotine because Mm -hmm. they're trying to convince people to use gums and patches. But then you're having this shift with these, you know, advocacy groups, if you will, you know, campaign for tobacco-free kids and everybody – getting all bent out of shape about nicotine and so and you've also got the drug manufacturers in the mix in here too yeah and so i'm interested to see what exactly is going to happen here because you know the pharma manufacturers are not necessarily going to stand by because this is their products you know that that they're talking about and you know campaign for tobacco-free kids and everybody promotes these quit lines which use nrt and so how exactly are they gonna like i don't I don't feel like this is a very good path, but it seems to be the path that they're trying to go down.
0: there. yeah, it does. And I think where they're going to land is like the worst thing that they can do is say nicotine's addictive. It's addictive. And that's it. That's the I mean, harm, right? And you can well, you can't say it's a addictive. You can't say it's an addiction wait. devoid, you know, divorced from tobacco. You can't really even use that nomenclature, you know, that terminology. I mean,
2: I, I do. I will jump in. I mean, sort of the opposite of the mental gymnastics that Danielle was talking about is just sort of the the, the mental slip and slide, I guess, um, that, you know, when we see the the propaganda campaigns or the anti-smoking campaigns um, on on TV now, I. You know, I'm I've, I've been watching Rick and Morty on Adult Swim lately uh, at to uh, 10:30 after Bob's Burgers, yeah. and of course the Truth Initiative are, are they have their contract with Adult Swim to you know hit the the 25 and unders where they live on Adult Swim, um, and I saw a, a commercial with a young woman who was talking about her experience with vaping in high school and talking about how. Uh, she was experiencing depression and cravings, and it was distracting from her schoolwork and all of this stuff. And I can only assume, you know, there was one particular product that she might have been using. The thing about the the mental slip and slide is the part where they don't, again, talk about the the nuance here. They don't talk about the varying levels of nicotine strength that people can use. They paint this as an issue where it's just, it's that one bad product, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, every, it's against us, the kids, when, of course, we all know the reality. There's a lot of variety. And if you just give people the proper information, like, hey, you're not stuck using that, you know, 59 milligram nicotine salt product. You can try a lower nicotine strength. You can try a lower nicotine strength in a pod device, and you may be just as satisfied. And if your goal is to get completely away from nicotine you can actually kind of take a soft way Mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. That's not, and and that messaging, of course, is deemed not appropriate for people under 18 because maybe people don't know this, but nicotine replacement therapy has not been approved for use by anyone under the age of 18. So in a way, it's, you know, it is very much an intentional campaign to mislead people. On the other hand, folks kind of have their hands tied when talking about what, type of nicotine use is appropriate for people under the age of 18.
0: Yes, yes. And I think that some people under the age of 18 probably need nicotine. Or probably, you know, I don't know, we've talked about this a lot in the past, (laughs) of being that predisposition, right?
1: Yeah, I have this theory that like, and and it comes from when I watched you don't know nicotine. What's my favorite guy's name? Newhouse is oh, that him? Yeah, Paul. Oh, Newhouse. oh, I just love him. Yeah. So he was talking about you know this concept of well, I think it's actual science, right? That we have these nicotine receptors in our brain, and some people have more than others, and some people, you know, they kind of if you have more, you kind of need that nicotine, then you are kind of at peak performance. And if you get more than that, then your performance may go down. But some people have more of them than other people. And I think to me, that kind of sounds like some people are sort of predisposed to, to function better. Like I think I am a person that functions better when using nicotine. I think that that is, was true when I was a younger child. I think it is true in my adult life. I do not advocate or promote the use of nicotine by people who are underage because we don't do that. It's illegal. Don't do that. Don't break the law. However, I also think that we have to be pragmatic here and we have to like, I, I know that we don't want to encourage people to do stuff, but also like reality is a thing too. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh,
0: yes. Also reality is a thing. I used to say that all the time when they're talking about raising the age to 21. And I thought if you're an 18 year old and you are smoking, you're going to make someone wait to get what will help them quit. Like, no, no, you got to wait a few years. Keep smoking though. Wait a few years until you can, you know, like that seems crazy to me or, and it especially goes for underage smokers. If there's a smoker who's, I was 13, 14, 15 years old, 15 year old smoker. You're going to make that guy wait three years before you give him something that'll help him quit smoking. And we talk about wanting to protect kids. Okay. That's great.
1: It's <laughs> okay. it, yeah. The mental gymnastics is peak. In this topic in it's my pe- opinion it's so weird. it should have its, its own olympic like category
0: yeah well matt myers wins the gold medal for uh mental gymnastics of tobacco 100 percent 100 100 Um, i did want to read one more quote from this really tremendously awesome article that i would highly encourage you to go uh to go read but it's it's a quote from you know one of our new favorite people cliff douglas uh he says The World Health Organization blithely and quite wrongly claims that switching from smoking cigarettes, by far the leading preventable cause of premature death and disability, to far less harmful e-cigarettes, which they cleverly but unscientifically imply may be deadly, is not quitting, said Cliff Douglas, the director of the University of Michigan Tobacco Research Network and the American Cancer Society's former vice president for tobacco control. What they really mean is it isn't quitting nicotine which they know does not cause cancer or the deadly diseases caused by smoking and which the fda and other national health authorities long ago determined to be both safe and effective in smoking cessation products this is another one of those well what we said before it's kind of coming back around and but now we're saying something new but we need to continue saying what we said before while also saying something new and oh shit now we're stuck in a loop The past is inconvenient, isn't it? Tobacco control. The past, yeah. The past sure is inconvenient. Unbelievable. So I don't want to spend any more time on the World Health Organization. I just, they get, Uh they make me so mad. So mad. So. I'll never
1: forget e liquid being flammable. That is by far my favorite. (laughs) Claim.
0: Yeah, that was. Wait, was that, was, was that the World Health
3: Organization? Oh yes,
1: it was. Yeah. They had a tweet. Wow, I, they did I, these I, tweet graphics I that, that were.
0: As,
2: I, hmm. I, I pegged that as some sort of like backwater Florida health department. Sure. No, no they
1: totally did it on it their the WHO, account. Yeah,
0: yeah. WHO. Not just. Not just flammable. Hey, Alex Clark. Highly flammable. They yeah. said <laughs> highly <laughs> flammable. Eliquids. Highly flammable. So I did some rudimentary science, and it turns out that's not true. <laughs> But it didn't I want,
1: I saw him like claim. lighter come on, light like yeah. it was
0: he science it it out. It was I scienced it out. I tested the vapor. I said, well, maybe it's the vapor, maybe it needs to be aerosolized, like I'm trying to yeah. account for variables. It was very, mm-hmm. scientific.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> very scientific. not flammable even remotely. not even <laughs> a little bit world health organization. so. Yeah, I'll have some links down in the description to the MSA stuff, uh, you know, the testimonials, everything we just talked about, the uh, World Health Organization, No Tobacco Day. Um, I kind of wanted to shift gears real quick. I guess before we talk about smokeless tobacco, I kind of want to talk about World Vape Day that just happened just the other day. Because that was kind of a pretty, I don't know, felt like a pretty good day. Did you guys get to do any Twittering on World Vape Day? Yeah, Did some Twittering. I didn't get, I wasn't able to track down or reach out to anybody who had any like, you know, numbers or anything for World Vape Day to see if anything was trending briefly or something. One thing that I saw that just upset me on Sunday was that uh, World No Tobacco Day was trending.
1: Oh, did you? I kept checking, but I didn't Mm. see anything.
0: Yeah, it was trending really briefly, but it wasn't World No Tobacco Day. It It was their WN t21 hashtag like we had wvd21 okay. they had wnt21 and that's the one that was uh, that's the one that got trending mm-hmm. briefly but i tried to tweet and be out there as much as humanly possible it was super awkward because you know here we are it's memorial day weekend we're fully vaccinated we have friends mm-hmm. coming over we're barbecuing in the backyard nick is just looking at his phone just for <laughs> hours just hours just tweeting and tweeting and tweeting. And it's not like you can just get on Twitter and do a few things and then oh. set it down. You don't get to do that. You're, you're constantly retweeting and replying and liking and replying. And, you know, I'll see someone's tweet and I'll go, nope, I know I have an article for that. So it's like go through my bookmarks and I'm trying yep. to, you know, find the right study to show this person's article and things like that. But uh, I, thought it, I thought it went really well. I saw a lot of vapors kind of coming out of the woodwork. And I wanted to share kind of some threads that I thought I don't know. I felt like these were pretty cool threads. And I wanted Danielle Jones, she you sent over a thread about that uh, woman asking about smoking.
1: Yeah, this was the day before World No or I'm sorry, World Vape Day. World so Vape the day, day? before. Yeah, because if anybody doesn't understand, World Vape Day is the day before the WHO's World No Tobacco Day. Mm -hmm. So it was like a a clap back, basically, like, we're going to do our own day before your day. (laughs) Um, Right, exactly. So, but the day before ours, even, I stumbled across a a thread that seemed like a very genuine person, you know, asking about quitting smoking, basically. Right. And what happened is I I was like, I am
0: here on the screen. Hang on.
1: I was Uh, like, I am intrigued. And she you know yeah, understandably it was like spare me the moral lectures please and i was like girl <laughs> i feel you okay yeah and so you know i went through and before i commented i just decided to peek around i just mm-hmm. decided to look mm-hmm. what is the world of twitter telling this woman to do yeah and the answers and these mostly were not vapors i bet you 20 bucks charles you know chimed in on this and that's how i saw it on my timeline yeah, or my uh, you know twitter possibly feed. yeah but most of these were random people, not a, a ton of vapors, giving like very bizarre advice. And the, I can divide the device, advice that I saw into two camps. Like this, it guy. was either just stop
0: cold turkey, just quit. Exactly.
1: It was yeah. either I just do it. Why do can't it, you? <laughs> right. It was either basically just do it, you pussy. It's not that hard. That was option one.
3: <laughs> right. Or
1: option two was essentially. Um, a list a myriad of lists of things to punish yourself hurt yourself right. take <laughs> things away from yourself I saw things like don't hang out with your friends who smoke anymore don't yeah. go to places that you like where you smoked anymore you know eat hot peppers you know hurt yourself do all, like all <laughs> yeah. of this punishment yeah. and it was so depressing to me To look through either like you know man up or like hurt yourself make yourself suffer like (laughs) those were the popular options Uh, and I just had to get on there and talk about like how sad this made me feel like the fact that a lot of us out here in the harm reduction community know that there is a oh my god fun easy, enjoyable, not painful way to do this where you don't have to like lash yourself for having committed the moral sin of consuming tobacco. Like I just could not. Well,
0: and your tweet was spot on. You're like, just try nicotine vaping. Jules or you don't, you don't have to beat yourself up over this. And I did the same thing. I started, I obviously I liked your tweets, but I started reading through the other replies and people are like, Oh no, controlled breathing, and I'm like, bro, vaping. What? <laughs> controlled breathing? You psychopath? Like, sure, try it. I don't know. And look, I'm not gonna rule out every tool in the you know in the tool bag just because I don't get it. But if you want to try controlled breathing, cool. When that fails, try vaping, because it right. will definitely work. And it kind of just reading through this tw- through this thread, it's like you see this the same like. Uh, I don't know, self-loathing, like yes, when they quit, they feel like they need to be punished or yeah. something. It's this weird mental thing where in order to quit, it has to be punishment. Exactly. I, They've been I, brainwashed.
2: I, I do have to jump in just a little bit here on on that one person's advice about, you know, Breathing. It, It's it's people, places, and things. And this is actually really good advice for anybody who's in the early stages of trying to quit any kind of substance use. Um, and this was, this was something that it, it is a bit of, there is that sense of self-punishment or I, it's more of kind of temporary sacrifice. Um, sure. you know, when I quit drinking, I, I had the privilege of being in an inpatient treatment facility for four months and then having to come back into the real world. And everybody tells you, you know, don't go to the bar that you used to hang out with and think that you're just going to order a soda and be fine. Right. And, and it's really the, the advice is more about, it's self-protection. It's don't put yourself in that position where you're gonna be overwhelmed with the stimulus and overwhelmed with all of those cues. It's your brain screaming, saying, give me a cigarette, give me another drink. And so early on, it's good to keep yourself out of those situations. Yeah. I've gotten to a point where, I mean, I can sit at a bar and hang out, You know, I've hung out with you guys in, in bars and casinos and stuff before, and I'm fine. But in those first few months after getting out of a very controlled inpatient treatment facility, it was good to remind myself, Right, you know, I, I just can't go back to socializing at the bar down the street. And I, I just, I have to give it some time. So I, I did just want to offer that up as a, a different perspective, but you are right, of course, that, you know, a lot of this is, it, it's not just us. I, I think a lot of us, myself, I'll speak for myself here. You know, I've internalized a lot of the anti-smoking, anti, anti-smoker messages. And and come out of my experience with I probably some severe damage to my self esteem, um, but it's uh, oh now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> but it, you know, uh, it it it's it it's the perspective the internalized bad yeah. feelings. Yeah, we yeah. we tend to 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 put this at the feet of tobacco control, who it it seems they believe that uh, getting well involves some level of extreme discomfort, not just from changing your behavior, but in, in the, 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 the strategies that you use to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. You it just, it can't feel good. It can't feel effortless. You right. have to work hard for
0: it. Right. Yeah. I, I and I yeah. cannot stand that mentality. That mentality is antiquated mentality. That mentality to me is no different than saying, well, that's the way we've always done it. You know? Well, right. have, have you always done this the really hard way? And that's how you're justifying is, well, we've always just done it the really hard way. So we right. just have to keep doing it that way. That's the same kind of really like crazy antiquated mentality. But yeah, I thought that thread was really interesting. And I like that you're just like, you don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to punish yourself. There is actually a way to do this that is, is, is actually pretty enjoyable. And you might meet some people, you might pick up a new hobby, you might not, but it's super easy.
1: yeah, because I think telling people like, oh, if you have friends that smoke, well, you just can't see them anymore. I mean, nobody's going to quit then. Like, mm-hmm. what if it's a really good friend? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, my point in this was that, you know, and I told them in the in the thread, my advice, and this is always my advice to to somebody who's trying to quit, you know, for the first time with vaping, sure. is that you you take a puff of your vapor device before you have your regularly scheduled cigarette. That's mm-hmm. how I... I have seen a lot of success with people like hit your vape and mm-hmm. then smoke the way you were going to and just keep doing that and eventually you kind of get to the point where you've hit the vape and then you're like i don't really need to pull the i'll just i'll just keep you I know mean, what i mean you just don't need times. to yeah but if you do it that way, you know, and there's even chantix and other things like that, kind of have you still, you know, you could still smoke a little bit, and then you kind of wean off. I don't think that's crazy talk, but mm-hmm. you could still go out with your friends on your lunch break to the smoker circle that you've always They're gone just- to, but you're vaping yep. instead, and you don't have to lose your friends. I mean, <laughs> friends are really important in difficult times like this, right? Like I just feel like alienating yourself from a potential support system in yes. order to do this—it just seems really harsh and i think that there are ways that you can have both
0: you know yeah that was that was my i it just does seem pretty counterproductive to cut people off it's like whatever happened to danielle she quits yeah I mean, she can't be well, friends she with can't... Us anymore i don't know I, <laughs> I know we just can't be friends so anymore like, bizarre. So i mean bizarre. Yeah. come on look i get it look i get it so but world vape day what a great day i wanted to share some threads that i saw uh, I'm going to call out Breeze Tones, Adam Breeze Tones. I know, I know that you're here, so I'm going to call you out and uh, poke fun at you. But you had a really great thread. He had a really great thread about Australia. He said, a thread. A current person who smokes in Australia and wants to switch to vaping. Here's what you need to do. It's ridiculous. Spoiler alerts, it's ridiculous. You need to provide, prove to your doctor that you've tried every other method currently available before you may be given a prescription for nicotine. This is a real thing. You have to prove to your doctor that you've tried everything else and that vaping is only going to be your last resort and then maybe you can get a prescription for it. Then you either need to find a local pharmacy that has these products or navigate the personal importation scheme. Pharmacies will likely have uh, next to no experience in how different flavors can help switching. Or a large range of these flavors, devices, troubleshooting, et cetera, like, you know, a vape shop would. Uh, Our upcoming laws mean that pharmacies uh, require registration to compound dispense e-liquids with nicotine. Don't worry. The personal importation scheme means that you can buy from international sites uh, because as a first timer, this should be really easy to research and navigate, right? Even after having it explained to me, I'm still not 100% sure of how things are going to work in Australia. But, but then you need to know what kind of device you'll need and also navigate the milligram strength to suit that device. And it'll only take a little while for the postal service to get to you. All services are on time. Yeah, it may not be accurate. <laughs> Unless you have a prescription, the package that you ordered from overseas, and may be seized or destroyed. That's okay, though, because I'm sure that every single worldwide vendor realizes that they now need to meet requirements slash paperwork for Australia. They don't have enough things to do running a business. I forgot to mention that there is only a handful of doctors and GPs in Australia that actually believe vaping is a form of a lower risk alternative to combustible tobacco. So you'll probably need to help your long term doctor even understand what vaping is, let alone the safety of it. In the meantime, there are plenty of shops that still sell cigarettes. In fact, they're everywhere you look. Combustible tobacco, even with all of the harm that they cause, are still readily available. But you'll be strong enough to resist that purchase urge, won't you? Just, if I can do it, you can do it. Cold turkey. Once again... (laughs) Once you receive your products and succeed, it's likely that you'll feel invigorated mentally and physically compelled to tell your story. You'll face incredible opposition because the rest of the world believes that what you're doing, that you're doing the same harm to yourself as you did when you were smoking. That might be my favorite tweet of all of world vape day, all of world vape day. You might feel better and you might want to tell your story, but here's what's coming up for you. They think that you're still smoking. In fact, Many of the citations involved in this legal process by RTGA have been either debunked or involve opinions over science to make this harder for you. Cigarettes, though, are still marked as safe. Still with me? Hello? I appreciate that look into Australia, Adam Breeze Tones, because that seems ridiculous that you have to go to a, a doctor to get a prescription and then you have to go to a pharmacist to get your vape gear and your liquid That is crazy to me. That's going to be nothing but unsuccessful, I think. I don't think we're going to see as many vapors popping up in Australia with that. That is the worst way they could have possibly done it. That's like the jump through the most hoops possible. You have to prove to your doctor that like you tried everything else. That's crazy to me. It's a consumer product, man. It's a consumer product, man. I have no I'm, I'm words. No, nope. I'm curious
2: about the the tried ever. Like, what are the what are the boundaries there? Like, does that include, um, you know, like the kind of goofy CDC tips, like eat some celery, go for, for a walk. <laughs> Save Nap you. a rubber band on you. Suck through a straw. Like, Do you have to prove you've done all of they those things They might
0: make you run like the whole gamut. They're like, okay, well, now that you're here in the office, eat a piece of celery. Did that help? Okay. <laughs> no. Do the rubber yeah. band thing? Did that help? No? Okay. Let's try yeah. hypnosis. Yeah. Did Follow the, no? okay. you know. Yeah. It's a, it's go a long... Go home for two weeks and, and then rigorous, come back and oh, yeah. that If you're still right, smoking right. and the celery didn't work, then... Maybe. I guess we'll
1: talk again in uh, a month. Yeah, then
0: maybe Garis. I'll give you a prescription. <laughs> oh, my God. And the thing is with the prescriptions, it, correct corrects me if I'm wrong, Adam Breestones from the chat. You have to predict how much liquid you're going to vape for the rest of the year. And that's what your prescription is for. So they have to calculate mathematically. You vape three mils of liquid a day, that means you'll vape this much liquid a month. What? That means you'll vape this much liquid a, a year. That's how much you're allowed to have. That's your prescription. You have to Oh my God! how much nicotine you're going to need for the year.
1: Oh, wow. That... That may be the worst part. I don't know if you can say there's a worst part,
0: but that is a it's really all bad the worst part, of it. part. That's a terrible they, scheme.
1: There what? are so many people that have to adjust their strength. Like sure. they try this and then, like, oh, okay, no, it's not enough. Maybe I need to go up. Maybe I need to. I mean, I guess going down under this scheme wouldn't be a huge – No, what? It's bad. Just, oh my God.
0: Australia. Australia. Yeah. Every time I look around in the world and I see like bad vape legislation I'm like, "Oh, Australia's getting it bad." Mm. Australia's getting it Australia's getting it real bad.
2: But <laughs> I mean, meanwhile, their their neighbors in New Zealand are mm-hmm. actually Getting it kind of right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Getting it kind of don't right.
2: They talk to each other. Is there some weird football rivalry where they can't be
1: friends? <laughs> <laughs> or do they have rugby or
0: something? I don't. What is? Is there some on?
2: weird rugby rivalry where they can't be
0: friends? <laughs> no, well, I mean, I th- as far as I know, I believe the citizens are all definitely friends. You know, maybe the maybe the leaders are uh, maybe the leaders are enemy. But for a really long time okay. in, in, in Australia new zealand was like that's where you get your vape gear vaporize in australia or in new zealand is like the biggest distro in the country Uh, the majority of their stuff went straight to australia they were just ordering australia was ordering it directly from new zealand now that's illegal unless you have a prescription so you can't really do that ah shit we are supposed to talk about smokeless tobacco today which we are going to get to in one second But I did want to call out two more threads that I saw that were really, really great. I might not read one of them, but I did want to call out my patron, Derek. I, I, I'm so fucking proud of you, Derek, for this Twitter thread. This is a spectacular Twitter thread. Derek works in a shop. Uh, he works in a shop, and he said... Um, So instead of telling my own quit smoking story for World Vape Day 21 today, I thought I'd tell a different story. Uh, So as few may know, I have worked full time at a vape shop in my hometown for over four years now. About a year into me working there, I had an older gentleman come in. He was a 30 plus year smoker and thought he would be a lifetime smoker. He unfortunately had COPD from smoking cigarettes for all those years. We were able to get him set up. With a vape and some 12 milligram e-liquid at this time, the gentleman keeps coming back for about a year after. One day he comes in and he doesn't want anything other than to give us some good news. He said he had just went to his doctor and he found out that his COPD had went back into remission. His doctor wouldn't admit it, but myself and him both knew that vaping saved his life. It beat COPD. Years later, and I still remember that guy. I will never forget his story. His story is not anecdotal either. There are millions more just like him that vaping has helped in one way or another. This is a life-saving, life-changing technology. We have to make sure that this technology sticks around to help many more, despite what the news tells you. These are real people with real stories of vaping saving their life. Yeah. Well done, Derek. Well done, Derek. So proud of you, man. That's, uh, that was an awesome Twitter thread. That uh, put a big smile on my face. It's like, yes, bro, COPD, vape shop, Derek. I love you, man. Can I, I,
2: I will add just quickly, this is a, that story is very similar to a friend of mine from New Jersey. Um, some folks may know the name Dan Donahue. Um, Mm -hmm. and and his, his story is, is very, his personal story is very similar. So it's, it's not just the millions of people that vaping has helped because of, you know, quitting smoking, it's likely it's potentially hundreds of thousands or more people, maybe over a million who have had that smoking attributable COPD. And, and that's, I mean, that's a huge one. The fact that, that people, tons of people are experiencing going into remission with COPD because of switching to vaping. That's that's significant.
0: Yeah, it is significant. And it's one of those things that keeps happening. This study keeps going on. They did the three year study. Paloza and those guys did the three year study. And then they did a five year follow-up. And they're like, We're probably gonna do another and I'm like, Yes. Ten years, let's keep this going. How's it going? Keep it going, keep it going, keep it going long term data. And as long you know, and as more that this keeps going, you're gonna eventually get to that like yes. Vaping reverses COPD. How could you ever think any other way? Look at all this science. How could you have Mm -hmm. ever thought any other way? It's going to be so plainly obvious. So plainly obvious. So there's lots of them. There's lots of people that have have lives have been drastically improved. Vaping, harm reduction. See, I know we're on the right side of this. I know Mm -hmm. we're on the right side of this. Okay, one last little World Vape Day thing. I just want to say I had a great time on World Vape Day. Despite ignoring my friends that were here, I still got to talk to, tweet, retweet at uh, a lot of tweets and people, and, and it was I thought it was a really, really great day. There's one more Twitter thread I'm not going to read, but I would really encourage you to read it because I don't know exactly who this person is. Did either of you see this thread? Camilla I think Anderson. I did. I don't mm-hmm. know who Camilla Anderson is, but... This thread is called the confessions of a former public health advocate who specialized in tobacco control. I'm sorry, a thread. Yeah. And it is, it is pretty fascinating. Uh Camilla's talking about how her dad smoked and had lung cancer. Her dad uh, ended, uh, ended up killing himself over this. And so mm. Camilla dedicated her life to, you know, uh, educating and, and helping people and things like this. And, Camilla talks about how she was wrong for for really, 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 really long time uh, until she wasn't wrong anymore. And now she wants to be right. Uh, And I think that's fantastic. This is just a really good thread. There's no like little even like little nuggets I can give you without ruining the whole thing but it's an incredible thread and i don't know who camilla anderson is i'm not a f- familiar with her being a former public health advocate who specialized in tobacco control but i saw that picture that said i'm sorry and i thought oh i have to read this it's a truly truly great thread that was this was my probably one of my biggest highlights of world vape day just a really great thread
3: mhm
0: just a really great thread and i'll throw that out there in fact let's throw that in the i'll throw that in the chat right now but what we have to do now, oh, where'd my chat go? That ah, doesn't matter. It's just gone.
4: Disappeared into
0: the ether. It's almost like I'm a professional YouTuber. Okay, there you go there, that's in the chat. Um, I saw some super chats come in, not sure who this first one is from, purple picture it says hey nick my super chats always disappear but keep fighting the good fight i will keep helping as long as i can uh yes legion vape sent me all right there you, i appreciate that very much uh Chase and cloud says i've heard it all i've been called yeah i've been called a junkie piece of shit disgusting all related to addiction and if you have never been an addict how can you judge someone for living in hell i'm five years sober and clean for the win Congratulations, Chasing Clouds and Flavor Reviews. And uh, yes, stigmatizing, probably my least favorite thing, I don't know, on earth, probably. Uh, Barbara Burgess says, off topic, but happy birthday to Brian Green. That's right. It's my brother's birthday today. Aw. It's my dad's birthday birthday. today. Really? All right. Happy birthday, Danielle's dad. Happy birthday, my brother. That's crazy. June 1st. I know like four other June 1st birthdays.
1: And my birthday is Friday, just so you know. It's birthday week, guys. Oh, it's
0: birthday birthday week. (laughs) Oh, I wish I knew that. Okay, well, I'm going to get you something, but it might take a while to get there. We'll see
1: how Uh, that goes. You don't have to get it. Happy
0: birthday. Happy birthday. I'm having Pizza Hut. Yeah, that's right. You are.
1: No, no. no. no, You don't get to argue. It's my favorite food in the whole world. Is my birthday and I'm having Pizza Hut and some if you want to cry about it, you go somewhere else because I, I'm I, so I, excited about
0: it. We respect Pizza Hut here, Alex.
1: It's trash food I, <laughs> and that's fine. It's fine. Real I know it's not real course. pizza. It's trash pizza. It's garbage pizza, but I love <laughs> yeah. it yeah, so you can't, much.
0: You can't gatekeep pizza, man. Pizza's pizza. You can't be like, that's not real pizza. All pizza <laughs> is real pizza.
2: I don't know. Chicago deep dish is more like a casserole fighting. Yeah. That's yeah, no, a little okay, weird. I'll, I'll say that's that. a little weird.
1: It's like a casserole on, on a loaf of like a bread. Bank. I would still a, call like, it pizza. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not my preferred type of pizza personally.
0: no, 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 no. Of course not. Pizza. Okay. You guys, here's the thing. Sorry. Ready? Does all that's my favorite tobacco kill? Yeah, it's a little groovy. You want to hear it again? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does all tobacco kill dance and danielle? I no. used to think so. So I want to explain how I landed here. And this, this is this is It was live on this show. It was live on the show. This all stems this is over just the last few weeks that this has been going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um it happened it wasn't the last TBN, but it wasn't at the TBN before that. no was it the last I th- TBN? It was the last TBN. No. Wow. No, I okay. think it was
1: the last one. So it was one. the
0: last TBN. We were talking about snooze uh versus like dip and chewing tobacco and moist chewing tobacco and all these things like that. And I had made some remark about uh how chewing tobacco causes mouth cancer. And Danielle said, Does it though? She's like, wait a minute, "Ah, wait a
3: minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait
4: a
0: minute. And I said, yeah, of course it does. And she's like, does it though? And I'm like, I think it does. And she's like, but does it though? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know anymore. It it was really great. You guys should go. It was pretty great. And that was one of those moments where I was like, oh, I might be really wrong about this. I might be really wrong about this. Turns out I was really, really really wrong about this we've used bad science and just you know things like that have just all like the epidemic right youth vaping epidemic it's all you ever hear about but they didn't ever had to prove the epidemic they just kept repeating the epidemic and kind of until it became true in people's minds this is like that this is like smokeless tobacco to me is like secondhand smoke we used a lot of really bad science to justify indoor smoking bans based on the idea that secondhand smoke causes lung cancer. We have, this, we have crazy regulations on chewing tobacco and snooze in the United States under the idea that tobacco is bad and tobacco will kill you and tobacco always leads to cancer. That, turns out, might not be the case. But how did I, a otherwise reasonable, rational, critical-thinking adult end up just a week ago <laughs> that the idea that chewing tobacco caused cancer, could, it could have been from the CDC that says that chewing tobacco causes cancer of the mouth and esophagus and pancreas. Causes. Chewing tobacco causes cancer of the mouth, esophagus, and pancreas. So that's probably where I could have picked it up. The American Lung Association says smokeless tobacco is linked to several different types of cancer, including cancer of the mouth, esophagus, and pancreas. A lot of similar, uh, similar, talking wording point. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. similar talking there. Uh, American Cancer Society. American Cancer Society was a little bit different. They said using any kind of smokeless tobacco can expose you to health risks. I mean, yes, technically that is the truth. There's a, there's a. a margin of risk there. These products contain cancer-causing chemicals, ah, not so much as well as addictive nicotine. The problem with using the term smokeless tobacco is I think it's too blanket of a term. We kind of discussed this a little bit earlier, but I feel like smokeless tobacco is too too broad of a term and I think there needs to be nuance to it because you can say that smokeless tobacco cause ha, contains cancer-causing chemicals but it's really only like one kind of well, it
1: it depends on where you are in smokeless the smokeless tobacco, right? I it's, think it's regional, is, right? Mm-hmm. It depends, and there's you know a particular type that we'll we'll get into the different types, but there is a type uh, that can have an increased risk. But mm-hmm. like in the United States, for the most part, that's not what people are referring to when they refer mm-hmm. to smokeless tobacco. Right. It's I don't even know that that particular product is all that popular here in the states i think it's primarily in like southeast asia or something like that sure
0: sure yeah Uh, they say some smokeless tobacco products may expose users to lower levels of harmful chemicals than cigarette smoke but this doesn't mean that right that almost seemed a little bit rational for a second (laughs) right but this doesn't mean they're safe where have we heard this before where have we heard this before and this
3: constantly,
0: constantly yeah, daily, <laughs> five minutes ago on Twitter, yeah, constantly sounds very much like vaping. This, they're not talking about vaping, they're literally just talking about chewing tobacco, smokeless tobacco that you put in your mouth, mouthful mm-hmm. tobacco,
1: tobacco, oral tobacco,
0: or okay, yeah, oral, I guess, would be the preferred, yes. I like saying mouthful, though, because that's, that's funnier. But then they're, in the very next paragraph, they're like, okay, yeah, smokeless tobacco causes cancer. They just, yep, smokeless tobacco causes cancer. Disregard what we said earlier. Smokeless tobacco causes cancer. Um, they go on to talk about how it causes mouth and tooth problems as well, which also isn't really super backed up by much science. And they also make a, another big deal out of uh, leukoplakia. We talked mm-hmm. about this a little bit earlier leukoplakia the the american cancer society says many studies have shown high rates of leukoplakia in the mouth where the users place their chew or dip Mm
3: -hmm.
0: leukoplakia is a gray white patch in the mouth that can become cancer these patches can't be scraped off sometimes they're called sores but they're usually painless the longer the person uses oral tobacco the more likely they are to develop leukoplakia stopping tobacco might help clear up the spot but treatment may be needed if there are signs of early cancer. Now, we talked about leukoplakia before, mm-hmm. a little bit before the stream. And leukoplakia isn't exclusive to chewing tobacco No. users. Leukoplakia no. is like a, an, a naturally occurring thing in your mouth that's caused by everything from bad fillings or something irritating your mouth, like a dental procedure or getting too much sun In in your mouth can cause leukoplakia. And so it's presented by the American Cancer Society in this. I mean, they're not saying it, but they're kind of saying that smokeless tobacco causes leukoplakia, which causes mouth cancer. And that's not actually correct. It can be caused by smokeless because
1: it it creates because the leukoplakia is basically according to Dr. Brad Radu, who is like. One of our foremost experts in, you know, research on smokeless tobacco. Mm -hmm. It is essentially a buildup of keratin, which many of us commonly know as a callus, you know, like on your elbow or like on that finger where you hold a pencil and you write a lot Mm -hmm. or on the bottoms of your feet. It's a callus in your mouth. Basically, mm-hmm. and it can be caused by any form of irritation,
3: mm-hmm. and it
1: can go away if you switch the side that you use the smokeless tobacco on. Mm-hmm. It also is not specifically or necessarily precancerous, Mm-mm. it's a callus. Yep. Could it's- cancer develop there? I mean, sure. cancer could develop anywhere, so yeah. sure, yeah. but it's not a precancer symptom or something. It's a callus
0: in your mouth, it's a callus in your mouth. It can be caused by alcohol use. Prolonged alcohol use can cause these. Too much sun exposure. Like I said, rough teeth, fillings, crowns, dentures, all cause this. But the American Cancer Society kind of is like, oh, but it's caused by smokeless tobacco. It's caused by anything that irritates. Anything that irritates. Anything that irritates the mouth. So... That's where that's where the orgs all stand on smokeless tobacco and cancer, which is why I'm assuming that I just assumed mm-hmm. that smokeless tobacco causes cancer. I'm going to play a little clip here uh, from our uh, friend of the show, even though he's never been on the show or ever corresponded with any of us. Please come on the show, Dr. We lo- Brad. We love Dr. Brad. We love Dr. Brad Rudu. Uh, this clip. Came from a YouTuber named Mudjug, Mudjug1, who is a, uh, you know, smokeless tobacco. Smokeless tobacco, is a smokeless guy. tobacco YouTuber guy. Uh, he actually interviewed Rudu. And uh, this Radu. is just a little. Radu. I, I got really you, say Brad. So,
1: Only when I'm listen, here, though.
0: Maybe that's why Brad <laughs> refuses to come on the show because I keep saying his name wrong.
1: I mean, I wouldn't blame him. Brad, I know how to say your name, know, okay? <laughs> Please come on the show. It's Radu. You are Dr. Radu.
0: Come on, Brad. Hi, Hi Brad. Hi, Brad. Hi, Brad. Danielle's your number one fan. Let's hear from Brad right now regarding, uh, regarding uh, smokeless tobacco.
4: Well, since the early 1980s, there's been a misinformation campaign conducted by major health organizations, federal government, state government officials, and their whole goal is to set all tobacco products as being equally evil and equally dangerous. And that simply has no basis in scientific reality. In fact, smokeless tobacco use has been documented to be 98% safer than smoking. And they're ignoring this fact because these organizations have one goal, a tobacco-free society. Right. That's basically tobacco prohibition. Mm-hmm. And so they have to cast all tobacco products in the same light in order to accomplish those goals. Right. right. What I'm trying to do is give smokers an option mm-hmm. and inform smokeless tobacco users, chewers and dippers, mm-hmm that they, in fact, have been grossly misinformed about all of these health effects. I've been conducting research for about 20 years and I've published over 40 papers, scientific studies, supporting the idea that they're safer tobacco products. I am an oral pathologist, and an oral pathologist is an expert with diseases of the mouth, not cavities or gum disease, but that includes oral cancer. I found out 20 years ago that I was misinformed about the cancer risks of chew and dip, Mm -hmm. and so what I did is re-educated myself and decided to uh, basically commit my career to educating smokeless tobacco users and smokers about these risks so that they have educated and informed options.
0: What else can you possibly say, Brad Rudu? He kind of nailed it all down. Radu. Did I say it wrong again? Yeah, I'm going to get you every time. It's going to be so distracting. This is your guys' stream now. I'll just...
1: Dr. Brad Radu! Bye, Nick! Bye! Oh, my God, you guys. Do I have control now? No. Radu,
0: Radu, Radu, Roodoo! Radu, Roodoo! 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 When he says... I was misinformed for 20 years of my life. I feel that because I feel like I've been informed most of my whole life. In fact, I was so in that, that mentality that the first time um, that I flew anywhere, I used uh, snooze. I bought, I bought some camel snooze to use for the plane, and I was even like really reluctant to use it because I thought, this feels bad. It feels wrong. It feels like I'm, I'm just asking for like mouth cancer or lip cancer. You know, it's, I, I was really apprehensive to use it. And now I'm like, oh, snooze, snooze all day long, snooze everywhere. I got snooze in my fridge. I got snooze in the garage. I got snooze everywhere. But even when I started snoozing, I didn't really understand why American chewing tobacco caused cancer, but snooze didn't cause cancer. It turns out that they both don't cause cancer. Turns out that they both don't cause cancer. I assumed it was because snus is pasteurized, and I know that plays into it a little bit with, like, TSNAs or nitrosamines and things like this. But I was completely unaware. And, Alex, I know you've been snusing for a while. You uh, you were more informed on this than I was, I'm assuming. You had no problem snusing. Um
2: yeah. It, it took some time. I went through the same thing you did. I, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we've all been, I I'm, I feel like I'm going to screw this up, but you know, we've all been, we've all been red pilled by the anti-smoking movement. Sure. And, and it's, 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 it's very common. And, and we, we have these discussions. We, we had them more frequently in our, our Facebook group on for um, you know, and a lot of people, they find out that we support all forms of tobacco harm reduction. We're not just a vaping organization and that sort of freaks them out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, indeed, I, I, I started looking into smokeless tobacco um, actually looking into it for similar reasons. It, this was back in 2008. I had a job that that put me on trains and planes and, and buses and stuff so I had to you know go for hours without a cigarette mm. uh, and and the nicotine gum just really wasn't doing it for me uh, and so I, I figured well if there's got to be a tobacco product out there that's going to be a little bit closer to that, Nicotine hit that I get from a cigarette, but I can use it on a train mm-hmm. and so camel snooze was the first product that I saw I think it was uh, sort of newly introduced in 2008 um, Actually one of uh, the clients of the van rental company that I worked for uh, they were a promotional company and I was riding back with them from the airport one day and they were going on a camel snooze or they had done camel snooze promotions and I said, yeah, what's, you know, what's the deal with that? I was sort of looking into it and he's like, yeah, it's, it's uh you can eat it. You can eat snooze and it won't make you sick. It won't upset your stomach. That's one of the reasons why I prefer it because I don't have to spit. Yeah. I can just gut the juice and I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, American moist snuff. I've uh, even just properly expectorating the juice. <laughs> I still kind of get a little stomachy, not feeling so great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was uh, the, the, the very first time that anybody had sort of, I, I think proposed this idea that smokeless tobacco was safer than, than cigarettes was uh, my boss at, at the, the sandwich shop I used to work at. And part of this was a very practical thing, right? So we're back in the back, we're prepping all the food and you know, to have to stop and go out and smoke a cigarette and come back, it just breaks sure. up the workflow, makes it more of a chore. But if you can throw a dip in, And just stand there and crank out a bunch of ham, uh, you can get it all done, and it's great. And and there is of course the idea of somebody dipping in like the kitchen prep area. I'm sure just horrifies a lot of people. But you can certainly do it in a way where you're. I mean, look, it's it's not hard to not put things in people's food. So, um, but that was that was my first kind of exposure to this idea that it was safer. And ultimately, he. He made the decision he was going to try to quit smoking, and he was going to use smokeless tobacco to do it. And I, I don't know. I mean, this was like early 2000s. so uh, he may have picked up. I, I can't remember when Brad's book came out. It might have been two thousand three, the for smokers only book. Yeah. Um, or or it's it's come out of. There's been a few editions uh, or versions or I Just it for the first yeah.
0: time today. I bought it for the first time. I Thought no, it's enough. enough. So he.
2: He he got the idea from somewhere and and decided to to use it in his own life. And I, I was at a particularly self-destructive period in, in, in my life, so quitting smoking was not really on the list of things to do. Sure, sure. Um but once I had changed my worldview and, and found that there might actually be a little nugget of hope out there, um, I was a, a bit more concerned about my health and and when I got the job um, that I liked very much and it involved a lot of not smoking. Uh, I, I, certainly looked to, to, to snooze and, and camel snooze was the first thing that I got. It, uh, it didn't immediately kind of work for me and I wasn't using it as a smoking cessation strategy. Sure. Uh, I did, I, I, I do think it, it, while I was using it, it sort of did help me cut down a bit. Uh, I was replacing cigarettes with it here and there. Um, but I still had that need to, to chew something, sure. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big gum chewer, or I was, um, and so uh, I would have a piece of snooze and then chewing just a regular piece of chewing gum. Sure. Um, but but yeah, I, I I went through the same thing. And in in 2008, I, I did a little bit of research. It, it the the funny thing, you know, as as vapors, we've said this to one another. It's like we smoked for you know decades and yeah. didn't even really think about it. Like we knew it was going to kill us. And now this smoke-free product comes along and all of a sudden we're getting all researchy
4: about it. Yeah,
0: yeah. It feels, it's a weird thing. It's a weird shift where you're skeptical. It's like, you know, I mean, that's why people are skeptical of vaping to begin with because it's like smoking cigarettes is the devil you know. Mm -hmm. You know how bad it is for you. So you go, all right, I'm going to smoke now. But this, you're like, well, this could be this little tin. This could be worse. This could make my teeth fall out. This could be, there's so many unknowns, you know. Yeah. But then you do. Yeah, but I was,
2: you know, I I was, I was pleasantly surprised, at you know, what I had found on the internet was probably, I I believe, I was, I had read something from Carl Phillips and probably something from Brad Radu, um, and I did that little bit where I was like, okay, sure, like they've got, you know, uh, convincing sounding titles, and yeah, sure, they work at the school, but who paid for it? And so right, right. I also found the like you know it, oh tobacco companies have funded this research and that and you know it's true both of them have done research or uh, I don't know I don't I don't want to speak out of turn but it's possible that that one or the other had had testified as an expert in you know, on tobacco um, I, I'm I'm not entirely clear with clear on that but um, all that to say. For all intents and purposes, as far as anybody in academia is concerned, they're conflicted out of the conversation because they have at any point in their life taken money from a tobacco company. Then that's but it. then you go and you read, you know, they, they have articles published, they've done their work, they've actually done the work and the research yep. and and they 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 present a, a, a credible argument in favor of switching to smokeless tobacco. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: and so I was, I was, I was reassured when I read what I read in 2008 about snus. Um, I, I've never really been a big fan of dip. It's just, it's a, it, it's a preference thing, honestly. Super um, nice. and so, uh, it, but to know that I could turn to something other than, you know, the, the nicotine gum that was making my jaws hurt and my gums bleed, uh, and that I could buy an actual tobacco product that that would give me the, a similar experience. It, it was good to find out from people that that it wasn't. It's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And as 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 Dr. Rodu points out on his blog, that that uh, what you I, I think I don't know if you didn't bring it up, but it's it, it's the blog piece. Uh, I'm a smokeless tobacco user. Will I get mouth cancer? Oh yeah yeah. Uh, he wrote this back in 2012. And, and one of the points that he brings up is that people who use smokeless tobacco get oral cancer at roughly the same rate
0: as people who don't. Yeah. So, I, I was blown away by that, completely blown away by that.
1: And this is like it, 50 years of epidemiological research, right? Yeah. Basically looking at these groups for very, very long periods, long of, periods time. of time.
0: So this comes A- from the SEER program at the National Cancer Institute, collecting data since 1973. 1973, That's evidently, that's how long they've been looking at this. He says, Dr. Philip Cole and I reviewed the oral throat cancer risks uh, from smoking tobacco or from smokeless tobacco users in 2002. We found that users of moist snuff, including snus and chewing tobacco, did not have risks that were significantly higher than those of non-users of tobacco.
1: Right. So in layman's terms, you're no more likely to get mouth or throat cancer yeah. using smokeless tobacco the a, a products specifically avail- available in america and mm-hmm. also sweden then a random person walking by you on the street is it does right. not elevate your risk it does not make you more likely to get this type of cancer Mm-mm. and the other thing i want to insert in here real quick that that Dr. Brad talks about a lot is that mouth and oral cancers are actually exceedingly rare. They really are a, rare. a pretty rare form of cancer for people to get. Um, and so it's it can be difficult to figure out exactly what causes each person's you know cancer just because it's so rare. Yeah, I think he said there's something like maybe 10,000 cases total a year. I mean, that's really low when you compare that to, you know, other other you know cancers and other things but what they know is that the things that make you that do elevate your risk for mouth and oral cancer are smoking Mm -hmm. yes 100 Mm percent um heavy alcohol use Mm -hmm. can increase your risk Mm -hmm. and also if you guys are familiar with the human papillomavirus you know known as hpv which is a sexually transmitted virus um, it also causes one of the main things it's talked about is cause it It can cause cervical cancer in women, it causes a lot of different kinds of cancers in both men and women. But that one increases your risk. And that's one of those things where you can have it and never know until you they've developed vaccines for it in recent yeah. years. But those three things are definitely you know, risk factors for oral cancers,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but smokeless tobacco isn't. It's not one of them. Uh, he it's says not. three point three point six cases for every 100,000 smokeless tobacco users or 36 cases for every 1 million users. Uh, it says the same, the same rate seen in non-exposed men. I don't know why it's men. The same rate seen in non-exposed men. It says, while it's not zero risk, it's no higher than the risk among men who are neither smokers nor heavy drinkers. He says, virtually everyone is at risk, however small, for every disease. Although oral cancer is rare, it is most commonly occurs in smokers or heavy drinkers who are 50 years or older. However, as an oral pathologist, I have diagnosed oral cancer in 25-year-olds who didn't sm- smoke or drink. So really, everyone's at risk. For yes. very, 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 very rare mouth cancer that's right. so rare that only 36 smokeless tobacco users out of a million will contract it, not even necessarily from smokeless tobacco.
1: No, just because they, whether they'd used it or not, they may have been, they may have gotten it. You know, it could be genetics, could be mm-hmm. lifestyle, could be
0: HPV, could be mm-hmm. a lot of different things. Could be a lot of different things. And that's, I mean, 36 out of a million? 36 out of a million, but the American Cancer Society says that smokeless tobacco causes cancer on their website. That doesn't make any sense to me. American Cancer Society just doesn't. American Cancer Society, you're one of the reasons that I thought smokeless tobacco caused mouth cancer. But as Dr. Rudu, Nope. Raw, damn. raw, Raw, damn. Raw. Oh, I really, I was confidently incorrect there too.
1: Think, think about you're at a football game. Raw, raw, raw. Go team! That's oh, Brad.
0: Raw do. Oh, so we're cheering Cheer for him. Raw. Raw do.
3: I'll still You'll get it, now. it wrong. I'll no. still
0: say it wrong. That's fine, but the I'll I'll link in the description uh, as Alex pointed out. This is a blog post on Brad Radu's blog. Where he just, someone asks, I'm a smokeless tobacco user. Will I get mouth cancer? And he basically says, it would be really, really rare if you did. It would be and it wouldn't have anything to- rare. Yeah, it would be astronomically rare if you did. And if you did, it doesn't have anything to do with smokeless tobacco. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with smokeless tobacco. Now, surprisingly, or not surprisingly, there's not a lot of information out there uh, to the contrary of what health orgs, are pushing, and that is that even chewing tobacco is reduced harm compared to tobacco cigarettes. Um, I was searching around on the internet and I found, look, I know it's HuffPo, it's not incredible journalism or anything like that, but there was a psychotherapist, Robbie Ludwig, she interviewed uh, Brad Radu and uh, Dr. Joel Nitzkin. Uh, about this about smokeless tobacco and it's a really long really very interesting article and I'm not going to hit on like every you know every question that was asked but there were a few that were really really I thought were really really interesting that kind of educated me on things I had no idea about but Dr. Robbie asks them are different kinds of smokeless tobacco for you better than others their response is sorry Danielle uh, no tobacco product is absolutely safe all contain traces of unwanted contaminants. Oh, my camera battery died. In addition to nicotine. Uh, But it's been known for two decades that by avoiding smoke, chewers, dippers, and snoozers eliminate about 98% of the health risks associated with smoking. The risks are so small that even large epidemiologic studies with hundreds of thousands of users cannot provide indisputable evidence that smokeless tobacco causes any disease. With risks that small, it is not possible to prove that one kind of dip or chew or snooze is safer than another. Uh, let me change my camera battery real quick. You can talk amongst yourselves. Danielle, you want to take it from here? How did that yeah, hit you? How'd that strike one of
1: you? The, no, and one of the things that I heard and saw, and there's a couple YouTube clips that hopefully Nick will put in the description of um, Dr. Brad talking about this is that all products are going to have some level of contaminants in them. This is like a normal thing that we go through life and we deal with. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about contaminants in smokeless tobacco, they're at such a low dose and low rate that yes, the American cancer society can say there are cancer causing chemicals in smokeless tobacco, but at what amount, right? So an apple has formaldehyde in it okay Mm. it is such a minuscule level that nobody cares you know but it's still in there and what brad was dr brad was saying is it's a similar thing with smokeless tobacco you know there are similar kinds of things in coffee that we drink every day there Mm -hmm. are contaminants in all of the products we use But as they say, the dosage makes the poison. Mm -hmm. And so if it's not at a high enough level to cause or, you know, make anything more likely, then it's not considered, you know, super risky or something. So they can talk out of both sides of their mouth, right? Mm -hmm. Like, well, it's in there. Okay, fine. But does it do anything? Mm, No. Uh And I know Alex go ahead. I know you wanted to say something. Well, no, I'm just saying, well, I had- yeah, I mean,
2: it's, it's it, we're back to the, back to the the difference between mental gymnastics and mental slip and slide. The, the, the fact it's that sort of lie by omission, right? You can, if you just, it's, it's like, does anybody remember the food, babe? Somebody has to remember. She, she went after Subway for using, it, there's this ingredient, it's this inner additive that they put in their bread that's totally unnecessary. And she had this huge campaign against them and it, it was. It's one of those campaigns that we we will continue to see for the rest of time, where somebody says, "Look, like, if you can't pronounce it, you probably shouldn't put it in your body." Ugh, yeah. So that that whole thing is that it's the innuendo in implying that there's harm because this is a carcinogen or this is known to cause cancer. Um, you know, yeah, we went through this thing a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Uh, there was that threat that uh, coffee in California might have to have a, a Prop sixty five warning on it. Yeah,
1: every. Has I'm a Prop sixty
2: five. Every Disneyland has a Prop sixty
3: five.
1: Parking yeah. garages ha- yeah. could give you cancer in the state of California. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like- yeah. So it's it's just it, it's it's absurd. It's ridiculous. And I, I will say I, one of the things that um, that Dr. Radu has has noted in in conferences. Um, he actually attended Snuscon in St. Louis several years ago, and uh, one of the things that he did bring up. In terms of risk or things that people using smokeless tobacco should be concerned about, was the difference between chew and dip in that <clears throat> chew, as part of the the curing and flavoring process, not maybe not, maybe not the curing, but flavoring, some chews actually do have a, a relatively high sugar content. Mm-hmm. And so you're not so much worried about cancer as you are, you could be, should be concerned about tooth decay and tooth loss. Right. But that's not. That's not from the tobacco. That's nope. from the right. sugar that's added for the flavoring. Yes, um, right. And then the, to, to, to be, uh, just to get a couple more points in really quickly, you know, when we talk about, when people talk about what they think they know about smokeless tobacco, our understanding of smokeless tobacco is based on, uh, it's it's really one study that was done on Southern women who were using dry nasal snuff. Yeah. and. And they did get cancer they did they did have higher rates of other diseases. I, I don't know whether or not it's fair to qualify it as like higher but not like extreme um, but it 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 that was the study. and so uh as you I think noted before we started talking about this, they just applied that to all tobacco products. Yeah. and so when you have a conversation about smokeless tobacco, of course in the United States, it's based on that understanding. But when you have a conversation in Southeast Asia, India specifically. There are those other forms of, they are, they're oral products, but they're only considered oral tobacco products because they can't, they contain some measurable amount of tobacco. It's all the other stuff in the slaked lime and or, and or lye or whatever. Like there are and all beetle kinds
1: of or something. Yeah.
2: Beetle, beetle quid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, these are the, I think, the types of products that are in there. And, and these are toxic. But they they have a little bit of tobacco. And so that is sort of the rest of the world's not not all of the rest of the world, but in a sizable portion of the world, that is their understanding of what a smokeless tobacco product is and the other thing that is absolutely so ridiculous about this, it's you know, this is one of those things where you see like glaring indicators of how wrong policies are. Yeah. If you compare smoking attribute or tobacco attributable diseases in Sweden to the rest of, of the European Union, Sweden is doing much, much better lower rates of stomach cancer, oral cancer, yeah. lung cancer, heart disease, all of these things that the rest of Europe is struggling with. And snus is banned in the rest of Europe. I
3: know, it's the industry crazy. has
2: had to adapt and come out with a product called um, uh, uh, the the chew bags, and and it is it is a noticeably different product. I've had them. I'm not a huge fan, um, but it, it is essentially is it this? is it, it's tobacco that's run that's processed through. Um, or depending on the company, I guess. But uh, in Sweden, they have the Gothia Tech, which is a standard. It's basically treating tobacco as a food product. And so the the tobacco is processed to that standard, put into a bag that you do actually kind of, you you, you bite down on it to release the juice and the nicotine and the flavor. Um, And and that is allowed to be sold, Um, but not Swedish snus. Uh, It was so important to Sweden Snus is a Swedish product through and through. It's been around for three hundred years or more. Yeah, uh, it was so important to Sweden that they refused to join the EU if they had to ban snus.
4: So oh. they they stuck
2: up for their product. And one one last thing in Swedish news, I just saw this today uh, and I I retweeted it um, and I, I translated a little bit. The article is in Swedish, um, but uh, this 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 is. This is big news. Sweden is on its way to becoming the first smoke-free country in the world.
0: What? Smoking
2: smoking is now down to less than 5% of the population. According to Swedish Public Health Agency, it is equal to endgame that we are smoke-free. So I don't know that it's there. I checked Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids website before we started. But there used to be on their website, it's probably still there somewhere, all the, the super sleuths can go try to hunt this down, but there's a little fine print somewhere defining what they believe is tobacco free or tobacco free future. Their goal is to get smoking prevalence down below 5%. That That is, I think, sort of universally considered the end of the tobacco epidemic. And I mean, it's not like, you know, campaign for tobacco free kids are going to hang out their spurs and go home but that is sort of that's the big goal right and sweden's there
0: they're doing it yeah how, how they're, about that? they're doing it with a product that's banned in the rest of europe exactly yeah. for being dangerous hi we live and in a clown for, world alex Right. clown world
1: For our viewers, because I'm seeing some some discussion in chat, Alex, would you mind giving us a brief? Because I think when we say smokeless tobacco, there's a few different products. You know, we talk about snus. We talk about, you know, dip. We talk about chew. Can you quickly kind of run through like what is included when we refer to like these products and what exactly, you know, and snuff and all the different? Can you just give us a little because I think there's a lot of people who are confused
2: about what is what? Sure. Well, I, I don't have a lot of those products. I, I, I stick to snus. Um, everybody should know what dip is. It's, this is actually a fake dip product. Um, I, I don't know what the vegetable matter they use in here. Um, but this is a product called black Buffalo and it, it really is just a nicotine product, but it looks oh yeah. just like tobacco. This is a peach flavor and I've had this on my desk for a while and it's still, it's, it's still moist and man, it smells like peaches. It's, it's, it is delicious. You just leave a um, cap
0: off that and just for scent it around your house, make it smell classy no. in your office. No, okay.
2: <laughs> no, because I a love potpourri. the flavor of this and it just makes me want to use it all the time. Um, but it, it it's, uh, it, it's good stuff. So that's, that's your, that's, this is a long cut version. So this is a long cut dip. You have your fine cut dips like Copenhagen, mm-hmm. which is really annoying to use because it's so hard to, pinch it and get it in your mouth. Actually, one of the folks that you you looked at who did an interview with Brad Radu, uh, I think his channel is Outlaw. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, has a, he, has a, he has a good video that I actually include, I linked to the Outlaw in one of our comments to FDA. Incredible. Specifically on the Copenhagen, it, the, the Copenhagen Modified Risk product, about how difficult it is to use Copenhagen. He gives you kind of a tutorial, which I figured was very interesting and something that FDA should probably familiarize themselves with. Um, so I included it in the footnotes. Um, so, uh, that's your dip and then chewing tobacco. I also don't have a pack of that, but it comes in pouches and you pick out a a wad and stick it in your cheek. And and that's that. Uh, and of course, chewing
1: tobacco you spit, right? Chewing tobacco, you spit.
2: Chewing tobacco. Uh, I mean, really it, I, I, as I understand it, it's kind of a matter of preference. I think some people can tolerate swallowing the juice Uh, I don't recommend it because it makes me feel nauseous and and it's not very good with my stomach. So um, it's just one of those if you really want to experiment with it. um, But generally with the American moist snuff and chewing tobacco, those are products that are fermented or cured in a way that that is it it causes some irritation. Uh, And so just spit it out. Um, But uh, snus, on the other hand, is pasteurized. And uh, it, and it has kind of a salty flavor to it. Um, uh, I know that Reynolds had done some—I uh, don't know if it was Reynolds or, or Penny that had done some product research in the run-up to the Camel Snus MRTP. Um, but uh, Americans' impressions of Swedish snus is that it it smells fishy. Mm. Um, and so if you if there there is a really stark contrast between. Uh, American snoo- snooze products and Swedish snooze products. Americans, the American palate tends to like kind of ridiculously sweet things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know that Skol has a, a mint snooze that is just it is America sweet. Uh oh, but see, I want to try good. that
0: now. Dang it! It's, yeah. it's
2: it's it's pretty good. If you can track it down, I, I recommend it. It's the large pouches. Um, you know, within snooze, you have uh, these are kind of the the regular large yeah. pouches. And then I have another one here. Um, these are are sort of this. Are these slimmer pouches? Yeah, these are these are kind of smaller pouches. You have different sizes for sure. your preference. Um, and then you have the nicotine pouches, um, which I think is is actually going to take off pretty rapidly in the United States. Um, so people have seen these. Uh, this is a nicotine pouch. When you say nicotine pouch in the United States, I think most people think of uh, Zyn or On, yeah. uh, which are are more like they're like posted stamps, uh, like half a posted stamp that fits on your cheek, and some people sort of affectionately refer to them as a nicotine pouch for your gums, or I'm sorry, a nicotine patch for your gums. Um, this is a product called Lift, yeah. uh, which is, this is a Reynolds product. I I actually like their Epoch more, or Epic. Um, uh, I don't know if that they make it anymore. Uh, but it actually, it contained very highly processed leaf tobacco. Mm-hmm. It is white just like this, but it does still contain tobacco. Mm-hmm. I felt that the, the nicotine and the flavor, the, the, the nicotine delivery was better and the flavor lasted longer than it does in these. Um, and then, uh, nasal snuff, it, it, it uh, is almost, I think exactly what it sounds like you, you snort it, mm-hmm. um, there. I met a gentleman in Chicago at the Chicago Snooze Con who was a big fan of nasal snuff, not, you know, didn't use tons of it, but but still really enjoyed, I think, just the, the preparation and the act of using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, as CASA, we don't recommend that necessarily as harm reduction, uh, because it, it does, uh, there, there is some risk. We were talking about the Southern women who, you know, we've based all of our misunderstanding and propaganda on some of those tobacco on. Um, but it is, I, I think, uh, probably demonstrably less harmful than smoking.
3: Yeah. Than right.
2: Right. Cannabis. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we were talking about the stuff that's uh, available in India and other parts of, of Southeast Asia, sure. um, the the gutka or beetle quid, um, which I, I actually I caught this weird movie on TV one time, and it was about a, a an Indian guy who came to be with his family in Toronto, and uh, he. Uh, he, he, he used this smokeless product and there was this weird scene where they sort of caught him using it in the backyard. And, and it's a dead giveaway because when he would spit it, it was, it, was, it would stain things red. Mm. And there was this weird kind of like shame kind of exchange. Like, oh, like they, they were looking at the guy as if he was using heroin. It was really right. weird. right? Um, or, or some other like heavy drug or, or something like that. Um, and, and there was actually, there was kind of one of those scenes. It was almost like a dream sequence where, you know, he puts the stuff in and then all of a sudden, you know, (laughs) everything looks a little wobbly and blurry and he's like, yeah, this is good. I am home, you know, whatever. But that stuff will give you cancer because there's all kinds of toxic stuff in there that you don't want to put in your mouth.
0: And I Um, I know Sweden does, uh, also not just in portions, but they do like loose snooze Yeah, as well. That's like a really uh, when I was in Sweden the second time and I was getting tattooed or the first time and I was getting tattooed on my neck. The tattoo artist, we were just chit chatting whatever before. Yeah. And uh, he like before he cleans up and put on his gloves and starts tattooing, he reaches into his snooze can thing and just packs his whole bottom, just cheek to cheek, just uh, just Bulging the out, just, glunk, just a huge wad of snus in there. And you know, he gets already, he's like, Oh, oh you know, he's just packed. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> like a little chipmunk. It that's, was crazy. That's yeah. a lot. It was a well, lot of this,
2: this was from, I, I think, uh, a Swedish match does every now and then, they do kind of these special blends. Mm. Obviously, I picked this up in 2015. So it's a little bit dry, but it's, you know, it, if you like it, just a regular raw tobacco flavor. Um, these, yeah, these are usually a cut above what you can get, but yeah, I like, I like the loose snooze. I don't, I don't use it very much because it, it like dip, you know, it's, it's kind of a hassle. I don't, have, yeah. you don't have to spit. And you get little, um, little twigs. But, right? you know, there's just so much little more. Lips. Well, the, the little bits, I mean, I, the little bits that chew fall them. out when I'm using the loose snooze, I just chew them and eat them. I, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's not that big a deal um but it is it's messy you know i gotta stick my finger in my mouth to get it mm. out i gotta mm. put it in there mm. um, i feel like the little tea
1: bag seems cleaner to me yeah, i would be a tea bag person yeah. like it's, it's all in there it's not going anywhere portion. right yep. there yeah
2: it's it, it really it, it's the it's the most accessible version for sure um and but with the uh the loose snooze i find the flavor is better and i think the nicotine delivery is a little bit better it's it's not mediated by you know, the teabag or
1: the pouch The tea bag. yeah. I just call yeah. it a teabag. That's what it looks like. Little teabag portion.
0: Yeah. Little teabag yeah. portion. And it, and it's really wildly pop. I mean, obviously, it's wildly popular all over Sweden. Um, some of the best mm-hmm. snooze I've ever had in my life was in Sweden. Some of the worst snooze I've ever had in my life was in Sweden, too. Just because flavors vary, you know, between, you know, different countries and cultures and things like this. And they're like, oh, try this. Uh, it was a white snooze, a white snooze mm-hmm. or something like this. Ha! Huh. not for me not for me that was an interesting flavor that i'm not on board with everything else i'm real good with and mint and menthols and whatever and just regular tobacco flavor yeah all good but that white tobacco was just isn't it that it. part of the
1: world that does that weird salty licorice thing too yes yeah they? they do they and do ooh, yeah. no yeah. keep so that for yourself that actually I,
0: grows on you a little bit when you're over
2: oh there. oh no Oh, I mean, that's the, that, this, this is, this is a licorice flavor.
0: Okay. Yeah. I,
2: I, I, uh, I had my, I had my fun with, with Jägermeister. Sure. Um, and it took me years to realize that I was actually kind of a fan of black licorice. Mm. Um, and, and so that, that's, that was my all day snooze for a while or that, that flavor, uh, in, in the epoch version. Um, but yeah, I don't want to, I don't want people to think that all of the white Tobacco stuff is bad. right. It's, it's bad. Yeah, don't, it, don't you may not like the flavors that are added just to it Like I know that they've got like a lime and I've, I've tried licorice is the only flavor that I really liked that it, it the, the flavor matches my expectations. I think
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: but other flavors it, it, it They come and go or they're just a little bit too much. It's for me. It's a preference thing so I, I, I guarantee you though just like with vaping there is a flavor of snooze out there for mm-hmm. for everybody Mm-hmm. Uh, right, and I would strongly, strongly encourage anybody who's even the slightest bit curious about snooze to look at. I don't know that I should endorse particular oh, website, sure. but um, you know, Google uh, snooze, um, snoozecentral dot Okay, just Google yourself some snooze central, and and they've got a really good selection of stuff. Um, and typically, they've got some specials. The last time I checked, I was looking for somebody. Um, and, uh, they, they didn't have their kind of variety packs that they sent out. Mm-hmm. That was my first, my first order was the, the, you know, just like what I did with vaping. I ordered my variety pack from smokeless image yep. on your, your video. And, uh, and I, I did the same thing I was, I was just sort of, I was, I was ear to ear grinning when I made the order. I was like, this is just like vaping. It's amazing. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Snooze <laughs> central. That's good to know. Dang, that's good to know. I have tried a lot of these. I have a yeah. whole stash of them in my garage. That like tried a few pouches. I'm like, ah, it's okay. Garage. Try a few pouches. Ah, garage. The stuff that's really good stays in my fridge, though. The generals, the general snooze wintergreen, spectacular, yeah. spectacular. There's not enough wintergreen yeah. in vaping, so I have to get it in snooze. But it's <laughs> it, but it's pretty incredible.
2: Um, there's actually one of the, the, you, you, i uh, sorry to, to jump in, jump. you, you brought up, uh, the mint, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Chad Jones, who was, uh, on our board for a little while. Um, he has, uh, he does Snooby.com. Uh, and so if you want to watch some, some in-depth reviews about various snooses mm-hmm. um, check out Snooby on YouTube. Um, but one of the things that he had remarked about, uh, I guess this was a few years ago, you know, while the while the vaping industry was sort of having this race to the bottom for the lowest nicotine liquid, mm-hmm. like for a while, you know, I, I don't know if this ever changed, but it did. I don't it certainly didn't have an opportunity to change, but you couldn't find anything higher than six milligram at a vape show.
0: Yeah, for a real and long
2: time. It, it, yeah. Because, I mean, people weren't buying it or really didn't want it. But there yeah. was that movement of, uh, you know, moving more towards the volume vaping, the cloud chasing or however you want to call it. Uh, and, and so in order to, to do that, you want the lower, the people want lower nicotine content. So while all that was happening in vaping, Snooze is going the exact opposite direction. And so you have products like Siberia that came out with like 40 and 50 milligrams of nicotine. Um, I think there's even some higher ones, but like every single one of these, you know, high nicotine content pouches, they all came in myth. I mean, it was this very transparent you know, it's really just there to kind of cover up the unpleasantness of, of having that much nicotine pressed up against your gums. Um, <laughs> yep. So it, it's, yeah, it was weird. So not all mints are created equal. General, which is a Swedish Swedish match product, um, has general, what I have heard. I've described. <laughs> Gen- People say general. It's cool. General. Um, general. I, I could probably, the 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 G is science, so silent. So <laughs> General. Yeah, oh well. It's like Euro. Americans
1: are just going to screw that yeah. up. Just call it general. General, general, general. general.
2: general. It's just general
0: the, the most snus. adorable
2: the Gen most snus. adorable way I've heard anybody say snus is uh snus pouches.
0: Snus? Yeah, snus. Snus snus, snus. snus pouches. Snus.
2: Um so yeah, but uh general general uh, they have the, one of the best mints in the industry uh and of course if you like it sweeter the skull mint snus is is good as well.
0: Yeah. Look, I like mint. I like wintergreen. I'm a big fan of Winton, and wintergreen and mint and wintergreen. And just as a heads up, if you're going to go try some snus, it's a pretty different experience if you're used to vaping three milligram out of a an RDA or like an RTA or cloud chasing or something like this. And even if you're doing 12 and 18 out of an MTL, it's still a pretty, I don't want to say it's like a shock to the system. But whenever I snooze, it's like, oh, yeah, this is strong. I always have that realization. Like I forgot how much nicotine suddenly goes into your bloodstream and how strong like the flavor and the mint is. It's just a it's a very I'll say pungent experience. It's a very, very flavorful, pungent experience. And you just get a whole whip of nicotine right into your gums. Hmm. It's a different experience than three and six milligram. I'm telling you. It's, it's different. I,
2: I think of it, it is, I mean, technically it's slow nicotine, uh, you know, by comparison, uh, the, Mm -hmm. the nicotine delivered to your lungs is going to get to your brain faster than absorbed through your skin or through your, your oral mucosa. Um, so, uh, I, that's what I have shifted. I used to vape very high nicotine. I, I, I would vape, you know, 45, 50 milligrams in Mm -hmm. a rebuildable dripping atomizer, you know, on a sub-ohm basically. I would sub-ohm, what you get in a jewel. Um, so uh, it, at some point, I, I have I'm I I'm no longer able to tolerate that, and so getting my nicotine in a much slower delivery, yeah, uh, is is what works for
0: me. What I with the difference, I I mean, with vaping, you kind of self medicate. Like whenever you feel like you need nicotine, you have some puffs or you have some toots or you kind of sometimes you use it habitually. You'll just keep doing it and keep doing it. And I feel like with snus, there's like it's like a water faucet. It's like on. That's it. It's on now. And you're just, you're you're getting nicotine and it's just going and the water faucets on and you're just going and then it doesn't turn off until you take it out. And that's a very interesting thing too. Like, you know, it happened first when I went, when I go to like Disneyland or go to like a theme park, you can't smoke or vape in there. So of course I'm going to snooze and <laughs> you know, you put the snooze and it's just, it's just a weird experience. It's just nicotine on for like an hour. I had this in here and i've I've felt like I've never had this much nicotine continuously over the course of an hour in mm-hmm. in into my bloodstream into my body. I felt satisfied I still wanted to vape though because
1: that hand hand to
0: mouth and blowing in and out even like mm-hmm. right as I get to the car after a trip to the theme park I like throw my snush pouch out and just straight to the vape just so i can inhale and exhale something yeah no. it's different yeah it's interesting. I, I
2: i i miss it i i definitely miss the the inhale exhale yeah uh i just i just can't do it anymore yeah, and okay. and this the, the, the snooze is is it's hands-free yeah. i don't have to do this all the time when i'm on video conferences right right yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah look there's upsides there's upsides all over the place um Shoot, we're running long. Let me uh,
1: let me. I, re- can we do the baseball players? The, I do really the to- players. <laughs> do the baseball
0: players. Do the baseball players? Here, let me, I'm, t- I'm let me take this-, about this. Let me read one thing from the HuffPo, and then we're going to get to these baseball players. But this lady from the Huffington Post or this uh, psychologist asked Radu and Nitskin um, if there's different levels of harm with different tobacco products. Why doesn't the FDA say? That there's different harms for different tobacco products. Like, why won't they just say that? Their answer was they're obsessed with the notion of a tobacco free society. Uh, The FDA so far has taken a hard line, falsely claiming that, to date, no tobacco products have been scientifically proven to reduce the risk of tobacco-related disease, improve safety, or cause less harm than any other tobacco products. In other words, no tobacco product is absolutely safe. The agency is defying a key element of its stated mission, to provide the American public with factual and accurate information about tobacco products. And Congress in 2009 prohibited tobacco companies from any communication with smokers regarding safer, smokeless alternatives without express approval of the FDA. The FDA has refused to acknowledge that its smokeless warnings are inaccurate. Even worse, some of its regulations threaten to remove large numbers of smokeless and vapor products from the market. In some cases, the regulations require companies to conduct dozens of unnecessary studies on minute product details in human effects, which could take a decade or more. This is regulatory fundamentalism, a bureaucratic maze that condemns smokeless tobacco, smokeless products and e-cigarettes, and therefore tobacco harm reduction, to purgatory With this delay, cigarettes will continue to dominate the American tobacco market and 440,000 Americans will die every year from smoking-related diseases or will die from smoking-related diseases every single year. That is... What? (laughs) What? No tobacco product is absolutely safe. No No product...
1: ever for anything is <laughs> absolute water is not safe, safe. i mean it is absolutely sugar is safe nothing is nope they're they're being ridiculous right now
0: i didn't know this but the the whole like uh how many va- how many smokers there are and how many smokers die that's not that's just guessing did you know this
3: i have heard that, it that
1: just guessing I've heard that there is debate on whether or not that number is actually correct. I have heard that there is some debate on that.
0: So they ask. It is,
2: it is, it is one of my, it, it, it is this weird fear that I have, and this ties into all kinds of discussions about agency and whatnot. I am mortified at the idea that when I die, I am likely to be counted as a smoking related death. No matter when it happens, Ooh, if it happens yeah. 50 years from now, which is not going to happen, but you know, in the next 30 years, when I die, I am likely to be counted as a as a smoker death, uh, and and that's it's just not it's not true. And the other thing that really worries me about this, you know, it's not a wild estimate here. It's it's I'm sure they're using models and whatnot right. that they're supposed to use to come up with this number, right? But uh, it's all of the other things. I mean, the 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 narrative here is that smoking damages every organ. It affects every organ in your body, uh, in and on your body, your skin yep. as well. Um, so it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to not be counted as you know if you've smoked in your lifetime, if you've smoked a hundred cigarettes or more, yep. and then you get lung cancer 20 years later, there's a good chance you're counted as, as that's a smoking attributable death. Um, I kind of forgot where I was going with this, but, um, it's the, <laughs>
0: <laughs> they get, they basically just make it up. They guess it's an educated yeah. guess. It's oh, really I know an what educated it was. guess. Go ahead.
2: There was the story about the young man who, uh, he was a, a, a high school student and he passed out in his bathroom. Does anybody remember this? He passed I do out in remember his bathroom this. No. And his parents rushed him to the hospital and they found a, you know, a vapor product in the bathroom oh, yeah. with him. Kyle. Right. And they said, uh, you know, they took and, and and the doctor, they handed him the, the whatever and, and said, well, we found this, too. And the doctor's like, oh, yeah, that's probably what caused him to pass out. He'll be fine. Forty five minutes later, the kid dies of a stroke, completely unrelated to smoking or nicotine or vaping or anything. That's my other big concern is that I'm going to end up with a doctor or a surgeon somewhere yeah. that says, oh, it's tobacco. Just mm-hmm. quit nicotine and you'll mm-hmm. be fine.
3: Yeah. So, right. I,
2: it, yeah. This is all it's all this. I I understand the value of quantifying the number of people dying every year from smoking attributable diseases. But it's gotten to the point where, you know, clinicians and and surgeons and doctors and whoever down the line, their understanding of the situation is incomplete, incomplete. And they are likely they are more likely because of all of these campaigns to make the wrong diagnosis and Mm -hmm. people end up injured or dead because of it.
0: Mm hmm. Uh, One of my uh, one of my patron subscribers, Pam Cakes, I don't know if you're in the house tonight. uh, We were hanging out on a Zoom in a Zoom room uh, after the vlog and she was mentioning kind of that very exact same idea. She's like, I don't tell my doctor that I smoke or vape because I don't want that to be part of it. I don't want that to be part of my diagnosis. I don't want to go in there, tell them I vape, have something attributed to my vaping, that's much more serious, but the doctor just saw that I vaped and wrote it off. She said, I just, right. I just don't tell my doctors that I vape. Yeah. Cause I'm scared of the same thing. And I thought, yeah, I yeah. mean, that makes a lot of sense. This poor kid, Kyle had a stroke and they thought it was from mm-hmm. vaping. He passed out and they're like, Oh, it's from vaping. What did that doctor get fired or sued or something? This poor kid's dead because of vaping yeah. stigma. Yeah. Uh that's yeah that's completely infuriating to me completely yeah. infuriating to me as well so at the end of the day there are lots of other much less harmful products for you than cigarettes and despite what you've heard no <laughs> smokeless tobacco does not cause mouth cancer you won't contract mouth I'm not a doctor I will only link you to all of the science down below in the description. That, that's the best I can do for you. But all of the available evidence that I've managed to be able to find points to no. Yes. All tobacco does not kill. Combustion. Oh, That's different. Combustion's different. Combustion's where everything bad comes from. Whether it's cigarettes or your car engine, combustion is where the problem is and remains and will be. And it's not nicotine. It's not the all-inclusive umbrella term of tobacco that a lot of orgs and the Real Cost campaign like to use. And even FDA, and they just say tobacco. Yeah. They're going to, yeah. I mean, as soon as these PMTAs start getting approved, which they're going to have to approve some PMTAs, they're going to have to redefine some things. Is, I mean, are vapor products still going to be tobacco with approved PMTAs? So we're going to call them tobacco products?
2: Well, we're, I mean, I mean, we're stuck. We're stuck until Congress pulls its head out of its ass. Um, the FDA is 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 stuck with the law and anything made or derived from tobacco is a tobacco product. Um, I, I will say, since you're talking about this, I, I did watch an interview with, with uh, three folks who have Cliff Douglas and Brad Radu among the, the guests on this podcast. Um, but another gentleman, it, it's like, these folks have come up in this system where they have been trained to believe that all tobacco equals cigarette. And so even the folks who are, who have an enlightened perspective about this have to go through some measure of reprogramming to change the way they talk about it because they're still using the same language. Right. And, and it, it, it's very, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of There's a lot of tearing down kind of old ways of thinking about this that needs to happen.
0: Yeah, it needs to happen. It needs to happen sooner rather than later so people can stop dying from cigarettes. And it kills me. There's that one Cliff Douglas quote where he's saying that smokers shouldn't have to die just because they didn't know that there was a safer form of nicotine. There's been a safer form of nicotine in the United States called chewing tobacco for literally decades. And nobody knows (laughs) that it's less harmful. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: We are getting to the baseball. Let's do the baseball. Yeah, yeah. baseball. Baseball. Okay, so the reason I want to talk about this is because this is one of the number one things I see when I try to talk to people about smokeless, and in fact, you have been brainwashed with information that is not correct. The first thing people usually talk about is famous baseball players who have gotten mouth cancer, because everybody knows that baseball players love to dip and chew and do these things, right? Mm -hmm. And That I am in order to further destroy the myth making machine, we are going to talk about where this comes from. So, there are primarily three examples, may not be exclusively, but there are major three that are used. um, Public health has used them as poster children, basically, Mm -hmm. for this Mm -hmm. concept that smokeless tobacco will give you cancer. Mm -hmm. So, the first one is Tony Gwynn. Okay. Now, I did not do the research about who, what teams he played for. So, sorry. Mm. But Tony Gwynn, okay, he developed cancer and a lot of people called it mouth cancer, but it is actually not mouth cancer. He developed cancer of the salivary gland, Mm. which is, in fact, different. So you have little glands right in your mouth that produce the juices that come out of your mouth. That Mm -hmm. is a salivary gland. okay? he, Tony Gwynn, believed that smoke that smokeless tobacco gave him this cancer. He did. And he went around saying it. But what you have to understand is just because he believed that's where he got it from mm-hmm. does not mean that that is true or that mm-hmm. there is any evidence that that mm-hmm. is true.
0: I believe salivary? Right. I believe there's an invisible pink unicorn in my trunk. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it doesn't mean there is, right? Nope. So salivary gland cancer specifically has actually never been linked to tobacco use of any kind, according to what Dr. Brad was saying, not even smoking. It's not smokeless and it's not smoking. It's very, it's very rare and it's very separate and it's just not, it's not attributable to that. So he went around saying that he believed that, but there's no science there. That's not a thing. That was just what he believed. There is your first example. Alex, do you have anything to go along with Tony Gwynn?
0: I don't know who Tony Uh, Gwynn
2: is. I recently had an adventure with my salivary glands. Oh, that's just right!
3: You did. It.
2: About, yeah, just to talk about how water isn't necessarily safe. I drink, I drink in a, an absurd amount of water. I have two glasses of water here while we're doing this because I drink that much water, um, and I drink tap water. And uh, apparently, the, the water around here it's not it's not hard water, but it, it's got some got some minerals in it. We've got calcium deposits on all kinds of things, and uh, yeah, after uh, you know a couple of years of drinking tap water here nonstop. I passed a uh, a stone through my salivary, salivary gland, much oh like a kidney stone. Oh my
0: God!
2: Yeah, mineral deposits built up and it it worked its way through. Um, so yeah, I've had an intimate tour of my own salivary glands, and with things like that happening, I mean, that is obviously there's there's an injury there. Oh,
0: well, you um, sure it so wasn't because of all of your snooze use, Alex Clark?
3: <laughs> Are you sure?
1: <laughs> That's right, guys, smokeless <laughs> causes mineral deposit. No, it doesn't. No could it sure.
3: Doesn't. Why not? Good. Sure yeah.
0: <laughs> salivary. okay.
1: Yeah, so Tony Gwynn salivary gland cancer not related to tobacco. okay? Mm-hmm. Not not a thing. Number two that gets used a lot is Kurt Schilling. Again, I don't know what teams because you I, know, believe- I only follow I'm the Giants. I'm Google sorry. But. So Kurt Schilling. He developed cancer, which he also believed, right? There's a trend here. These guys believe uh, that it was caused by their use of smokeless tobacco. But actually, according to all the research that I've looked at, he never stated and it is never definitively answered whether or not he had mouth cancer or throat cancer. Interestingly throat cancer is not associated with smokeless tobacco use at all, even remotely, like even in the worst kinds of science. It's just, that's not a thing. Um,
3: Okay. And so just
0: looking on mm -hmm. his Wikipedia page real quick, just Schilling. This is the guy Schilling.
3: Yes. Okay. Kurt Schilling.
0: He was treated and diagnosed and treated for throat cancer that went into remission. Schilling said that the cancer was a result of using smokeless tobacco. He just, that's like his assumption that he made. It's like, oh, it's it's from smokeless tobacco.
1: The interesting thing is, his team of doctors never supported that theory that he had. He would go around talking about this, but his doctors never supported that ever. Unreal. So again, this wow. is a person that just feels, mm-hmm. believes that this is what caused it, right? Mm-hmm. That is I, Alex. That's I don't know not if you science have anything about Schilling.
0: That's not science. It's
1: it's not.
0: No,
2: I I, I feel like I have like wrap-up comments. So okay okay, third, okay, 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 okay. okay.
1: Yeah, so the last one I'm going to do is Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth mm. is also, this is a big myth that's been going wow. on for a very long time. So it's been reported for decades that it's Babe, Babe Ruth, Ruth suffered from, there you there go, mouth cancer due to smokeless Same. tobacco. But the truth is that Babe all actually had, and I'm going to butcher this, you guys, I'm going to butcher this. He had Nasopharyngeal carcinoma. I think I got it. I think I'm close. Nas- well, enough for me. Nasopharyngeal carcinoma, which is a rare disease that is often caused by Epstein Barr, the Epstein Barr virus. Ah. This type of cancer that he has has no link to smokeless tobacco. Okay. Shocking. It is. This, these are not things, okay. you guys. These are not things. When you sure, listen okay. to people talking about the baseball players who are evidence that smokeless tobacco causes cancer, in your brain, you need to make the connection to Avali. That's yes. what you need to think about. Okay. Yes. This is basically yes. Yes. old fashioned Evoli, right? Yes. There is a product and it may have done a thing, but things got really confused and teenagers went on TV and said, don't vape because it's bad for you. And voila. It's the same
0: old stuff. Old fashioned Evali. Okay.
1: This is old fashioned Evoli. This is not, it's brought to you by the same people, yep. right? This is not. This is not a thing. You guys, it's small plus tobacco is harm reduction. It is Smugless tobacco is harm reduction.
0: And I've never, and even like, I'm going to put some links down in the description to, uh, Brad Rawdu's yep, uh, You are blog. And literally all you need to do is is search it for a few things. You can click around and read. He does pretty quick little write-ups. You yeah. can get through a few mm-hmm. 15 yeah. of them and, you know, in, a, in an hour or so you can just crank through these and, you know, he has one on uh snooze and uh, dispelling the myth that it rots your teeth and mm-hmm. causes gum loss and tooth loss and things like this. And he's like, I'm an oral pathologist and it doesn't, <laughs> you know, but he's got this whole write up about it. And it's great. And it's like even just that e- even coming to the realization that, OK, holy shit, doesn't cause cancer. OK, so I was wrong about that. But it definitely makes your teeth fall out. Right. It's real bad for your mouth. Oh, OK. I was wrong about that, too. Okay, what else have I been wrong about? What else have I been wrong about? I've been wrong about smokeless tobacco a lot, and I'm glad I'm not wrong about smokeless tobacco. So, since we've been going for a real long time now, uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Let's let's wrap up. Do this I get up. do I get my closing uh, we'll smokeless? Oh, list. he had closing things. I know about we're going to do, uh, do we're going to do we're going to do closing statements. Okay. Do you want to do your closing statement first, Alex? I think well, we yeah. Well, just just, okay. just
2: about the smokeless, really quick two things right off the bat uh, don't get your health information from baseball players or Mm-mm. other sports stars. Um, the other thing is uh, Dr. Radu presented this kind of this, this uh, scenario or this data it's SnoozeCon in, in St. Louis. And I, I asked him uh, is, you know, considering that, I mean, smokeless tobacco is, is woven into the fabric of American baseball. Um, or at least it was, Uh, this is a uh, population with disproportionately higher smokeless tobacco use than the rest of the population. And so if smokeless tobacco really is an issue, they should have disproportionately higher rates of oral cancer. Yep. And they don't. They absolutely don't, because the three examples you gave there were people just sort of the feels about whether or not they had it. Right. And I I think all told, I don't know that anybody has actually done the research into this. But as it stands, I think we're talking about maybe a half a dozen baseball players all time, all time. Baseball's been around right. for a long time, all right. time, maybe half a dozen who either felt that they got oral cancer because of smokeless tobacco use or somehow maybe it was confirmed. We don't know. So r- those. Those examples alone, I think, should dispel the myth that uh, smokeless tobacco use is killing all kinds of baseball players and this and that. It's just not.
0: Yeah, it just can't. And it's the same logic that is the gateway effect. You can't keep saying that it's a gateway effect if there's no smokers coming out the other side of the gate. You, You can't keep saying that. You can't keep saying smokeless tobacco causes cancer when people who use smokeless tobacco aren't getting cancer. Nope. When 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 Sweden is going to be whatever tobacco end game combustion free, you can't say that smokeless tobacco causes cancer. Yeah. You can, but you would not be telling the truth, and that's uh, that's that's the rub. That's the rub, Alex Clark. Alex Jones.
4: Yep.
3: Alex.
1: What? I think he's combining us. Like, if yeah. we melded into a person, I guess technically we would it be would called be Alex, Alex Jones. Jones. would be Alex I Jones. mean, yeah. you know, I'm, but it would not be, you know, there would not be hats and
0: frogs and, you know, yeah. it would not no. be like that. No. No. Jewish space lasers? No, nothing like that. No, okay.
1: No, okay. no, nothing like that. I mean, well, I then, like space.
0: Oh, dude, I love space. I'm obsessed with space. We watched For All Mankind and we've just been watching space documentaries. We watched the Voyager documentary on PBS. It's amazing. That documentary is yeah. incredible. We watched a Gravity. I'm not sure if you've ever seen Gravity.
3: <gasps> yes. That oh my fucking god!
0: Fucking awesome,
1: bro. I've seen like every space movie that exists. Have okay. you met my husband? We're the man going, is off the we're charts. We're going okay. through a lot
0: of the spaceness. Not so. We watched The Martian. You know with. uh oh, heck yeah. With, uh, yeah, Matt Matt Damon. Yeah, he's great. Matt, it,
1: that's a that's a good. That one is actually incredibly scientific my husband gets real upset dude he looks at schematics of rockets okay this is how into this (laughs) my husband isn't okay like this is for real for real okay he's got books that are like the modules inside the apollo capsules and how the computer works like he's really into it yeah and so the martian is actually one of the if not the most like scientifically accurate portrayal of Uh space travel and like what would happen because a lot of movies you know they flub stuff. It's sure. like oh, blah, blah, blah. no Martian is like so incredibly true. accurate. Yeah, I mean it's it's true. But, you know, um, so he loves that one. Have you seen Sunshine? You probably haven't. Oh yeah,
0: I haven't. I haven't.
1: You need to. That you is, guys need to watch I've Sunshine.
0: Heard, I've heard it's a green.
2: fantastic movie with a fantastic soundtrack.
0: Oh uh, yeah, Sunshine. it is it okay. one of my
1: all time favorite sci fi movies that exists on the planet.
0: Apparently, Sunshine. this is just uh, popular opinions because we all agree on the awesomeness of space and the awesomeness uh, of space movies. So,
2: I will also recommend the Expanse if you haven't watched the. Expanse. oh
0: the Expanse.
1: It's on Amazon Prime. Okay, Amazon Expanse.
0: We're making. I'm making a list of space movies because me and are both really into like space and the moon and space exploration. Right oh,
1: oh my, I'll text Josh for a list for you and he'll, yes. you'll you'll spend the next five years watching space movies. Trust I'm me.
0: down. Don't threaten me with a good time. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I want to watch all the space movies, all the space mm-hmm. movies. All right. Well, uh, Alex, uh, thank you one more time. we Re- always appreciate you coming on, being on the show. appreciate your subject matter expertness on, un- in the world of smokeless tobacco and snooze. I really very much appreciate I- it.
2: I try and thank you very much. Great to great to be back with you guys.
0: Yeah, of course. And Danielle, thank you, as always. What a great show. Oh you know. Um we're gonna be back in two weeks with I don't know, we have no idea. More we have no, we'll awesome. we'll figure probably. it out. I have no reason yeah. to believe it's not gonna be incredible. There's I you mean, know, it'll we have dope. a really great track record here at TBN of being purely consistently awesome all the time. So anyway, uh I don't think any more super chats came in. Off topic. Uh New Wave Dave says, I like the part in Doctor Radu Radu Radu's clip when he says give Nick five dollars. Oh yeah, he did say that. I heard him say oh, that. In yeah. There. That was oh, good. Yeah. Radu, you know, even though we've never met or communicated in any way, he always has my back, I feel like, you know.
1: I adore him. I adore he is him too. my professional crush. Mm-hmm. His bow ties are just the best. Yeah. flossin. Hi, Dr. Flossing. Brad. Flossing if you ever watch ties. this,
0: I want to be your best friend. Hi. She wants to be your best friend. I do, I do, and, I do. and we'll have you come on the show. Come on, Dr. Brad. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, on, uh, thank you guys so much, everybody, for coming out. I uh, really appreciate it. I'll have links all across the description. Don't forget to hit that like button on your way out. And don't forget that literally no matter what anybody tells you, vaping is at least 95% less harmful for you than burning deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes. So no matter what's in your hand, let's keep on vaping. No matter what's in your lip, let's keep on snoozing. Let's just not combust anything. That sounds awesome to me. Be excellent to each other, everybody. Bye.